What's going on, Drinking Buddies? A brand new podcast coming right at you. But real quick, you know what we got to do first. We got to talk about our lovely sponsors. First and foremost, we are brought to you by the video versions of this podcast. That's right. Experience the madness in full HD for 99 cents an episode or $6 a month gets you unlimited streaming of all 90-something episodes. I don't even really remember how many episodes there are at this point on the video versions. I lose track and it's early and I haven't had much caffeine. All Matt problems. Not your problem. But there are nearly 100 episodes on the video version. And $6 a month gets you all of them unlimited streaming. Or just buy episodes that you like for 99 cents a pop. Oh, did I mention the video versions are also ad-free? Just get right into it. See the facial expressions, the occasional nudity. So check that out today at anwd.net slash videos. Once again, that is anwd.net slash videos. We are also brought to you by my Twitch stream. That's right. Since the pandemic, if you're somehow blissfully unaware, I've been Twitch streaming for almost a full fucking year now. And uh, yeah, I do it multiple nights a week, four or five nights a week, depending on what's up with my schedule. And check that out at twitch.tv slash Slayer. Once again, that is twitch.tv slash Slayer. Come hang in the chat. Come force me to do shots on camera. Drop a sub, some bits. It all really fucking helps out right now. I would appreciate the support. And also... Check out the corresponding You Laugh, We Die YouTube channel where I post goofy gaming videos. Check that out today. Search on YouTube for You Laugh, We Die. Last, but certainly not least, we are brought to you by our friends at Vinyl Me Please. Vinyl Me Please is the record of the month club. The best damn record of the month club. In fact, every month, Vinyl Me Please sends one album that is essential to the modern vinyl collection. It comes packaged with things like bonus tracks, inserts, and color variants. It also comes packaged with an album-inspired art print and custom cocktail pairing recipe. Vinyl Me Please has been a sponsor of the show for a long time because I believe that all my drinking buddies need rad vinyl in their life. So sign up today at www.joinvmp.com slash ANWD. Once again, that is www.joinvmp.com slash ANWD. And I also... I almost fucking forgot. Vinyl Me Please isn't like Record of the Month Clubs of old. It's month to month and no strings attached. So what do you got to lose? Get some rad vinyl today at www.joinvmp.com slash ANWD. My guest this week returning after like fucking almost four years is Olive Glass. Olive is an adult performer, former circus performer, and just all around a pretty rad human being. We talk, we just catch a lot of just catching up. Because her and I haven't like had a chance to just bullshit in a couple fucking years at this point. But we talk all sorts of shit about OnlyFans' art, her painting, her friends with circus performers. It was a really fun episode. And it was great catching up with Olive. And you can also catch Olive and I pretty much every Friday on Twitch playing Among Us for Suede Las Vegas, which is a sex worker mutual aid fund that I'm proud to help raise money for every week. Check that out on the Twitch stream also. But in the meantime... Sit back, relax, pop a cold one, and enjoy, Drinking Buddies. How the fuck are you? 
I am awesome. Um, I am. Yeah. I mean, it's been a hell of a last year and some months, however many, I don't even know time anymore, but I've been great. And um, like today I made stuffed mushrooms and I'm working on a painting and it's good. Hell yeah. Great. How are you? I'm doing well as, you know, as well as can be. I'm coming to you from my comfy cell as I like to refer to it. Your company cell? My comfy, my comfortable cell. It's comfy. It's good. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, it's furnished good. and climate controlled and has booze and booze I don't have <laughs> to make in a toilet. So that's a perk. Always a perk. It is. It is. I, I'm not really worried about getting shanked. You know, it's better than most cells that you get. Yeah. That sounds, it sounds like a luxurious cell. <laughs> it is. It is. It just, Luxurious cell doesn't quite roll off the tongue the same to me. I, I think is why I haven't gone. Plus, comfy cell. Yeah, just my comfy cell. We realized right before you got on, it's been like four years since you've been on. I know. I was I was th- reminiscing back to the first time we were on, and we talked about. I remember we talked about Nicolas Cage like a lot. Do you remember that? <laughs> I do. I do. And then um, we. I drank a bottle of wine and then immediately after like race to the airport. And I remember, I think I was flying to Vegas at the time. And I remember being on the plane. Like I have like fuzzy memory between like, <laughs> like going through the airport. And I was just like, huh, I made it on a plane. Well done me. <laughs> <laughs> We've all had those moments. We all have absolutely had those moments. We're like, Oh, it's real good that I'm not flying this thing. Yeah. Yeah. When I was taking flight lessons, I remember I had to cancel once because I was hungover and I was like, I'm actually unable to fly a plane right now. Like, I don't trust myself. I need to cancel. That's that's probably a wise move. Like operating something in a three dimensional space when hungover doesn't sound like doesn't sound like a great plan. Hell, there have been plenty of times where I've been hungover and like, I, I don't think I should operate a car right now, let alone something that could go up and down right. too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's like I'm shaking just sitting here. The last thing I need to be doing is like flying at 200 miles per hour as well, or however faster, much faster than that, but whatever. <laughs> I, hell, you shouldn't be in the air. You shouldn't be operating a hang glider at that point. Maybe a kite. Maybe. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I mean, kites can be dangerous. You can put someone's eye out with it if you're not careful. Yeah. One fell swoop. And, you know, you're hungover one day, go out with your kite, and then somebody loses an eye or a life. Oh, my God. (laughs) I imagine the Avian headline now, Olive Glass, kills bystander with kites. Homicide with with flying, yeah, projectile kite thing. Well, you saw that that video. um, There was, like, a kite festival in somewhere in, like, God, I want to say it was in Korea. And there was all these huge kites going by and this little kid like grabbed onto one before it, they lifted it off. It took the child up with it and was just like flinging it around. Cause it was a dragon. Yeah. They got it down. They got the, they got the kid down and it was fine. But like that kid was going to be projectile, like thrown from a kite. So literally you can die of kite. Yeah. Yeah. That... <laughs> Not... So anyway, you were out of, Oh, I was. I'm great. I haven't killed anybody with a kite. <laughs> I, I, it's good. It's real good that you have not killed anyone with a kite. Have you killed anyone else any other ways that we need to know about? Any confessions you want to make? So what are you drinking? 
<laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking Maker's 46 today. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, just no like, death. Just dodging I'm that like, question. The subject. <laughs> I didn't hear that one. Oh, well. Let me, uh. Okay, FBI, you can turn off watching now. So, oh, have you killed anybody? So many people. <laughs> you have nobody. I said I made stuffed mushrooms earlier today. Guess what they're stuffed with? <laughs> <laughs> it sounded weirdly sexual. I feel like that got sexy somehow. I'm sure somebody's sexually into it. I'm sure somebody. <laughs> I. It's not my cup of tea, but I'm sure somebody listening is like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah so among us i mean do you want to talk about among us oh we could definitely talk about Sweden and among us olive hatchy has been killing a bunch of people just virtually yeah oh oh my god yeah this connects i didn't even think about that i was just like oh let's talk about among us and i'm like oh yeah we murder people regularly to raise money for a good cause <laughs> we do indeed we, Look at us, going full circle with the conversations. Like proper segues and shit. Like this is a real show or something. Who would have thought? <laughs> but yeah, um, myself, Olive Glass, Xander Corvus, a whole bunch of other sex workers are regularly playing among us on stream for Suede Las Vegas, which is a sex worker mutual fund in the Las Vegas area. And you know, we're having a real good time doing things for charity. Helping people out. Yeah. It's been awesome. Um, I have to say, I have, like, that was the first time I had ever streamed, like, in that sort of setting before where we're all playing a video game and talking. And, like, so this um, this pandemic has been very interesting for me because I am, like, one of the least tech-savvy people you'll ever meet. Like, I had to ask how to use Zoom before I got on, like, before we started talking, I was like, should I call him? Is it like Skype? And I was like, no grandma. Like, <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah. So like going on to a stream with all these amazing people and I'm just like, I have absolutely no fucking idea what I'm doing, but it, uh, this, this time around this last game, I was like, okay, I'm getting the gist of it. And then of course they decided to switch up the map. And so I'm like back, like, God forbid I smoke a little bit of weed before we play because I would have been so... Well, I would have just stared at the screen. One time, I was the imposter, and I was so confused, I didn't even kill anyone. It was... It was bad. I just... I, like, went around in circles because I didn't understand the map at all, and I was like, cool, so... Sorry, other imposter. I, I guess it's all on you. But Among Us is fun. Oh, it's a real good time. Like, obviously... I play a lot. <laughs> like, I have to change up my strategies for the group on Friday because there's some things I would do in other circumstances that would be like, Slayer did that. That is definitely a Slayer play. <laughs> um, you're really good at it, though. And you're very aggressive with finding out who the imposter is. It's great. It's a, like it's like the right amount of um, like terrifying and fun <laughs> your interrogation style is like i'm like oh my god <laughs> it's it's wild watching it go down everybody's like okay who's he gonna say did it next <laughs> good well, I, 
I think for the most part, I have a fairly decent track record. I'm not infallible. I definitely make mistakes. You know, it's not like, oh, every time I make an accusation, I'm 100% right. But but you follow through. It doesn't matter if it's the right person. You are going, you, you decide something and then like you get everybody else to vote that person off. <laughs> For the most part, or you get voted off, or I get voted off. Like, oh, yeah, <laughs> flares up to something. Yeah, you're being too vehement this time. Like, we're gonna vote you off. Well, and there's just things that happen, like, you know, oh, hey, there was a double murder. Like, oh, that was probably Slayer. Like, it's safe to vote him <laughs> off. On the, like, what does it be this time? There are plenty of other people capable of this playing this game. <laughs> Swear it wasn't me this time. Yeah, I, uh, my tech, maybe I shouldn't tell you my technique actually. Whew, that was close. Nice, nice try getting me to reveal my techniques. <laughs> no, I was going to say my technique is just like, um, just d- don't, I mean, don't talk, which really works for me because I don't understand how streaming works. And so it just, like, often it just seems like everybody's talking at the same time all the time, which is cool. <laughs> but I'm also just so I just don't say very much. And then, um, when I am the imposter, that really works to my advantage. Well, yeah, because you just let people point fingers at each other. And that's where my balancing act has to come in. Like, because I often, especially with this group, lead meetings and like I'm doing a lot of the interrogation, I gotta, you know, I gotta take a step back. I try to take a step back a little bit while I'm a crewmate too. So when I'm not talking as much when I'm the imposter, it's not as easily noticed. Yeah. And like, I noticed that you've been quiet. Like, I definitely. I've called attention to it a few times. I mean, you know I have. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I'm like, shit, it's not, it's not working this time. <laughs> this is the reason I get murdered early on pretty often. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, we'll get just we'll get Slayer out of here, and that'll just ease that right up. <laughs> you know, another um besides the Among Us game, I, I just played Dungeons and Dragons for the first time ever. Nice. Last week. And I'm playing again tomorrow. Um, which has been good. And I know you play D D. Um, I'm also super confused on that, but it is really fun. <laughs> I love the storytelling aspect. Well, um D is one of these things where like it one hundred percent matters what group you're playing with. It's like I can see that. The the social dynamics of it, because, like, I've played, you know, I've been a gamer for a very, very fucking long time. And, like, sometimes you get in groups with people that, like, you know, like in other circumstances, but in a gaming environment, are just like, you're the fucking worst. <laughs> well, cause, uh, especially, like, a D&D or, like, you know, other role-playing game setting like that, like, there, no one should be the star of this. No. You know, it's a group dynamic, but you sometimes get players that are all about like, oh, this is all about them. And they try to just, you know, maximize the DM's time and everything's about their character. Right. It's like the, the yeah, they're trying to make everybody else a sidekick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you or, cannot be Frodo. This is the Fellowship of the Ring, not the Frodo of the Ring. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, one thing I've been having um, a hard time with, maybe you can tell me what you do in this situation. Um, voices. Because the, the group that I'm playing with, everybody has voices for their characters. And I am not a voice actor. And so I'm playing um, 
a uh, centaur. No, no, a satyr. I'm playing a satyr. And my screen name, by the way, is like, you know, um, Skater Boy, like the song. It's Satyr Girl. (laughs) I thought it was really funny. Like with an eight. Oh my god! As as your brain just exploded. Um, <laughs> I'm just. I'm, my brain was quickly trying to get an Avril Lavigne joke in there, and I just couldn't come up with a good one. Damn it! He was a skater boy. He said, "See you later." Wait. Same she, girl. <laughs> see you yeah, later. Girl. See, see. Ah. Don't worry. I'll, I'll have the bad jokes. I'm really good at bad jokes. <laughs> That's a good skill to have. It's a good skill to have. So, but um, I mean, you don't have yeah, to. Have, you don't, don't have to have a fucking voice. I mean, if you want to have a voice, you could have a voice. But like, just talking and like being in character, like, I think it's much more immersive for that shit. If you just uh, talk as your character, even if your character speaks in your diction and tone, instead of saying my character says, you're like, you know, I think we should like just you know get into the character yeah cool I, I, do you have a voice though i'm like i want to hear a voice oh shit i mean, <laughs> have one uh the character i'm playing a cleric in the game with xander actually shortly after this podcast tonight and i i just kind of like i kind of down talk and like you know l- reduce my vocal inflections it's just kind of like a well, now I'm on the spot. I will completely fuck this up. It's just kind of a... Oh, no. It's all good. It's all good. At least you're not a director on a set with me where I'm doing shit like this and just botching, like, my first fucking ten takes. <laughs> Quasar has a love-hate relationship whenever I'm on set, like, doing a non-sexual with him because he's like, I know I'm going to get a decent performance out of Matt, but it's going to take a little while before, like, <laughs> I settle down. Especially if I'm, like, you know, anyone I'm in the scene with, someone I don't actually know. Like, I don't just, like come on one hit quit it it's like uh fuck i'm gonna botch my lines and i get in my head i'm like uh this person who doesn't yeah yeah. but yeah i i can do like i actually like practiced and trained for um like this film i was in ages ago for like a um fairly decent english accent and um the funny thing is is that like i cannot do any kind of good accent if somebody asks me or if it's in front of people I don't know it has to be like totally off the cuff otherwise I'm going to sound like some sort of like southern English just weird mess but like I actually know how to do an accent I just can't do it in public it's like the stage fright thing it just gets you it does it 100% (laughs) does like I'm trying to like get it together to try to do like the voice because I have no problem like in the D&D group being like in you know in the voice and like just right on, you're like do it Matt and it's like uh I don't know how yeah I'm just concentrating taking my focusing focusing finding my motivation hold on <laughs> what's your motivation to entertain people, obviously. Um, let's see. Perhaps we mm-hmm. should get the scroll and take it to the dragon. Yeah, it's just really like slow, like e- even tone. Like I, yeah, it's slow. It's even toned. I like. I don't. Doesn't really go up or down. Just yeah, is what I'm doing with that cleric. Cool. Yeah, I'm thinking about my stater 
I think it might just be in my voice for this one until I get used to it. Maybe then I'll do like some kind of crazy voice afterwards. (laughs) Just even changing your diction slightly changes things up. Yeah. That's not really like so much of a different voice. It's just like my vocal inflections are changing. Like the speed of how fast I talk is changing. That's good. Uh, we're doing like D&D 101 for everybody who's listening. <laughs> D&D Voices 101. D&D Voices. Next up, we're going to roll up a character. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Figure out if I want to abandon my stream and come play with you guys. Because I want to come play with you guys, but it's like my stream. That's well, part of my income stream at the moment, too. So it's Right. It's a literal income stream. Oh. Um, yeah. I guess that that really works. Was that uh, were you streaming as much pre-pandemic as you are now, or is this Zero. like a new- I like I oh, didn't really? I did not like I I think I Twitch streamed a grand total of like three times in 2016, and nobody nobody watched. Like building a Twitch audience is fucking rough. Well, congrats! I mean, that's awesome. It's a great new venture to be going out on, and I, I mean, honestly. It just like suited you so well. I had figured you'd been doing it for years now. <laughs> no, it was literally like come March. I was like, Oh, Hey, uh, I'm stuck indoors. Um, I'm going to play a bunch of video games. Probably in my free time. I might <laughs> yeah. as well monetize this. And I got dumb lucky. So at the beginning of the pandemic, for whatever reason, SoundCloud and Twitch made a deal where, they were trying to get musicians on Twitch to make up for like lost performance revenue. And if yeah. you had a SoundCloud Pro account, they automatically bumped you to affiliate. Okay. I have a SoundCloud Pro account literally to repost podcasts. <laughs> That's awesome though. Yeah. I mean, that really worked in your favor. It did. It was like it wasn't even my primary it's not even my primary pl- my hosting platform for the podcast. It literally was there just because the embedded player on my website is a SoundCloud player. Only reason I have it. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I I just did a Twitch stream with my friends uh, last week for the first time. Hell yeah! We were paint we're painting a mural right now, and so we were just like had it going while we were painting. And I was like, it's pretty cool. I mean, we had all of like four viewers, but they were badass viewers. So I mean, yeah, you got to cool. start somewhere. You'd be amazed how many people are streaming for quite some time to no one. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I was kind of expecting that, and I still didn't care because the important part was that we were trying something new and like you know documenting what we were doing and so that was cool but then i was like oh shit like and the people that were on there were like hey i'm at work and we're you have good music and whenever we look at the screen you're at like new uh, some new part of the painting so it, it like it's nice background like atmospheric <laughs> so yeah it was cool i was like all right this this works oh yeah oh yeah pretty soon your, yeah. your stream's gonna be much bigger than me <laughs> people are just gonna be there know. for the ro- relaxing painting I'll be like the Bob Ross of porn. That, that's the new tagline, the Bob Ross of porn. I think you got to you got to grow your yeah. hair out a little bit, though. You got to get that fro going. I know. I keep cutting it. I need to like there. That's a good start. Either that or we just got to get you a wig. Do whatever you want with your hair, and we'll just get you a Bob Ross wig. Easier that way. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> be, be like a happy little tree here, happy little bush here. <laughs> happy little bush here. Uh, I'm sorry, you can't do that yeah. on Twitch. Can't do that on Twitch. This. Happy little bush here. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could yeah, probably turn great. that into OnlyFans content if you wanted to. Yeah, I mean, I was on my uh, uh, 
I think on my Patreon, before I even moved over to OnlyFans, I had like a naked painting like thing I would do where I would, I would literally just sit and paint, but naked. And it was great. It was awesome. I mean, people seem to really like it and I, it was the easiest possible thing for me. Like I didn't have to hardly do anything. I would just paint naked. And, um, I think I need to start picking that up again. I mean, obviously not for Twitch, but no, for like OnlyFans. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Paint naked. For Twitch, they, <laughs> they probably do platform you pretty quick on that one. What if I was painting in a way where the canvas covered all of the X-rated bits? Do you think they would still take it down if it was like totally censored by canvas and all you could see was like my top part and my legs? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not because I feel like they would find they would find a way. Twitch would find a way. <laughs> be interesting. They probably would. They, I mean, they'd probably be like, no, no, this isn't, no, 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 no. Yeah. And you'd be like, but this isn't sexually explicit in any way, shape, or form. It's not, I don't. They would. Yeah, probably not. By the letter of the law, I don't think it's a violation of the TOS, but by someone. Associated to my Twitter account. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For sure would get kicked off. I understand, like, Twitch is a platform that children are on and but we have the ability to lock our channels to be like, you have to be of 18 to see this. Yeah. So I, I don't know why they should be discriminate, discriminating against people that are like, I'm not actually doing anything pornographic here. Just. Well, I think it's just because like general humanity has such an issue with anything nude, nude related. Like you can play crazy video games on Twitch, right? Like super violent video games, but I mean, it's back to that like age old argument of like, for some reason, it's okay and like fine to see people's insides when you're killing them, but you cannot see their nipples. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm actually utterly surprised I haven't gotten some of my Cyberpunk 2077 content pulled. Because I didn't. You're what? Cyberpunk 2077. Oh, okay. Because it has a bunch of nudity in it. Like that game, like when you design your character, you can pick your character's penis size. What really? Yeah. I want to play. Like, hey, I want to. I want to make a character with a gigantic penis. <laughs> oh, and I mean, it's really, it's really cool. I mean, there's definitely been some feed, some backlash from the trans community, but like, you can make a trans character in the game. Cool. Uh, unfortunately, like some of their marketing, uh, apparently, was a bit insensitive to the community. I've had other yeah. guests talk about it, but it, like, they were trying to be inclusive. Where like. You could make an outwardly, you know, female appearing character with a giant penis if you wanted to, or you could make a male character that has a vagina. You could, you know, whatever way you wanted to go. You could give a, you know, male appearing character a female voice, vice versa. Like, they give you, yeah. Like, well, that's kind of cool. I mean, I don't know anything about the game really. Like this, this is the first time I think I've heard of it, but um, that <laughs> I'm a little out of the loop, but um. But I do think that that sort of thing is neat. Like you usually don't, you get like either to choose male or female and that's it from, from, for the most part, from what I've seen. So like having that, you know, the choice is cool. Yeah. The, hell yeah. The character customization is really cool. Like hell, I went, you know, very cis male with my character, but still gave him like long painted fingernails, like feminine Ooh. looking, <laughs> black, black, what color? black. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. It was like, have you seen the movie um, Gretel and Hansel? I have not. So you've seen like Hereditary, 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. So um, Gretel and Hansel is made by the same people or it's at least the same distribution company, but I'm pretty sure it's the same um, people and the like witch in one part of the movie, this isn't a spoiler, no worries. She's like super hot and she has these like long black fingernails and then like paint up to her knuckles. And um, so it just looks like long black claws. I want like really long black fingernails. They're just so cool looking. Hell yeah. But also I live with long black fingernails. So <laughs> Oh, this is fashionable. Hopefully I don't have to type anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or touch my face. Uh one time, so a while ago, before I was on your show for the first time already, actually, um, I was uh doing a shoot where they needed me to have like red stiletto fingernails. They're the ones that are like pretty pointy. Yeah. And um, so I got them done. I'm not good at having my nails done at all and so i was like seeing somebody at the time and i went to like touch their face to like kiss them and be all sweet and i accidentally like stabbed them and they were like bleeding out (laughs) of their ear and cheek and then um this happened twice to them until they were like you need to trim those (laughs) like you don't know what you're doing (laughs) and like do not touch my penis with those nails because i see what you've done to my face and um and then like (laughs) I would wash my face and I would forget that I had my nails and I would, I would accidentally like hook them underneath my eyebrows. And like, like I had claw marks underneath my eyebrows. Cause I went like this and then just stabbed myself right in the eyes. Someone, you probably showed up someone like, is someone abusing you? Oliver, are you okay? Like you could tell us. Me. Not okay. <laughs> All I'm imagining during this whole thing is we got to get you like those caps that you put on cats. Like, you know, instead of cutting their nails, you put little caps over their paws. We just got to get those for you whenever you get your nails done. So whenever I choose, voluntarily choose to go get long, pointy fingernails, we also have to go get long, pointy caps for my fingernails because otherwise I hurt people. (laughs) (sighs) And then you, I I can imagine you show up on set like, Olive, what are on your nails? Like, oh yeah, whoops. (laughs) Gotta take those off. Forget about those two. And take them off and immediately hurt somebody or myself. (laughs) See, you shouldn't yep. have had me take them off. They're there for or a reason. Like a cat. <laughs> Just tear up someone's couch. Like, my bad. Yeah. If somebody put those claw, those claw covers back on Olive. <laughs> yeah. So in the last four years, like, you somehow ended up in Vegas. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I moved like seven times this last year. Wow. Not my favorite thing to do. It's not like a pastime that I enjoy, but it it's good. It's all good stuff. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I started off last year married <laughs> and then divorced. Was soon it because after. of the clause? It was because of the clause. <laughs> it wasn't the clause this time. Um, although that wouldn't have been a bad idea. <laughs> God, did I just like somehow threaten domestic violence? I think I did. Um, <laughs> hey, you don't, li- you don't live with your partner anymore. It's no longer domestic. Yeah. It's just violence. <laughs> Thank you. I woke up this morning and I didn't choose domestic violence. I just chose violence. <laughs> right. You, you no longer live with that person. You just got to go out on the street and do it. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, like Mortal Kombat style. Like we're gonna we're gonna solve this in the streets. <laughs> we don't need any paperwork. Nope. Um, 
so yeah, then I, then I moved to Utah and then I moved back to LA, like two or three different locations in LA. And then I moved to my place where I am now in Vegas. And, um, yeah. And then I should be moving into a new place before too long. So we shall see. Eventually I'll find somewhere. Me and my cat are a little bit tired of moving around, but. I can only imagine. We're doing good. (laughs) It's an adventure. (laughs) Like, Hey, I mean, you know, people feel like they're kind of like stuffed up in their houses and like getting cabin fever. And I am not getting that. (laughs) So (laughs) that's the plus side. True, true. Have you, uh, has your stuff been reduced? Like every time you move, you're like, ah, I don't need this. Just get rid of more stuff. Well, yeah. You know, when I was moving out of the place that I have with my ex, I was, I was like selling a bunch of furniture, but I was like, I can get a storage unit, keep all this stuff. And then when I move into my next place, thinking it would be my final place, I would like, you know, just, I didn't have to get rid of anything. And then, um, on like, I want to say the fifth move, I was like, fuck everything. Like I'm getting rid of everything and i got rid of like everything except for three mo- medium-sized suitcases of stuff <laughs> i was just like I'm, I'm done i've had it i'm not doing this anymore so i had like a cat carrier and three suitcases and like most of that is stuff for set like wardrobe because um you know you gotta have options like i cannot tell you how much i hate shopping for high heels so I just hang on to those motherfuckers as long as possible so that I, I have like an, one entire suitcase is just high heels that makes sense I was about to say like three dollar suitcases is less than what most performers show up to conventions with <laughs> yeah yeah I'm also really good at packing so three suitcases is like a normal person's six suitcases I can get a lot of stuff into a suitcase you know a lot of human meat a lot of human meat. Um, yeah, I've been one. One of those suitcases is like four people. <laughs> is one of the? Is your ex currently MIA? Like the? He was delicious. It wasn't so much of a, a divorce as uh, he just went missing. We just, you know, we. I'm trying to make some sort of Hannibal sounding joke, and I just failed. Damn it. <laughs> I had my moment. Damn it. <laughs> and I was, I was going to be like, we, he came over for dinner. No, I had him for dinner, but that's too obvious. Whatever. You get, you get what I was trying to go oh, for. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Good. <laughs> cool. Mm. But, um, so, yeah. served so, him with a nice Chianti. I, I get it. A nice Chianti. Um, what does he do? Like, <laughs> I can't think of anything right now. I'm going to stop me. I told you I'm really good at bad jokes. I meant that I'm just bad at jokes. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Fava beams. Yes. I do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my new place that I live is awesome. I have um, one of my roommates. I have two roommates. One of them is a contortionist who is training for the FBI. And one of them is a full-time like acrobat, fire dancer, fire eater, um, she's amazing. We've been making like OnlyFans stuff together. And uh then we have two kitty cats. Hell yeah. It's great. Yeah. A little bit back yeah. towards the circus roots. Absolutely. They're actually people I knew from when I worked with the circus. So it's been really good to reconnect and just be like, oh, like my old circus buddies. And it's funny taking a break from being around um, you know, circus people and then di- diving back into it again and everybody that I meet, I mean, you know, not that I'm meeting a ton of people right now, but like 
all of her friends, like all of their friends are people who are in the circus. And so they'll be like, oh, like this person seems cool. What do they do? And it's like, they uh, play the flute while standing on the back of a galloping horse. And I'm like, oh, cool. That's normal. You know, or just like some crazy, like, I love, I love all the different occupations of people in the circus. There's just endless weird stuff that they could be doing. <laughs> 100%. Just like, oh, this is entertaining and it's something that no one else could do it to the circus. Yeah. I, I think I told you the last time I was on the show, I was like, you know, it's the first time I would walk into a room and say that I was like a porn performer and actress and have it be the most boring occupation of anybody else in the room. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, oh, I'm a, a porn performer. And they're like, and what do you do? And I'm like, I perform porn. And they're like, cool. I balance 10 chairs on my nose. You get the award for best job. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> my mind's blown on the... I'll just the, be like, I can squirt. The, the, like, so and, that's, that's my big circus thing, I guess. And, I will. Like, and what else? Like, what are you doing while you squirt? <laughs> yeah. Are you eating fire or are you just squirting? Because that's cool. Like, you know, like, are you riding on the back of a tiger as you squirt? I wish. <laughs> I mean, it's not only fans appropriate, but like I could see that being really fun. Well, it, it could be only fans appropriate if you like made a fake tiger on wheels and had someone pull you around on the back of a fake tiger. Okay, like what if next week you see my Twitter and I have a trailer for like this new OnlyFans that's like me squirting on the back of a toy tiger? <laughs> I'll credit you. I'll, that's I'll that's like, all I ask. That's all I ask is, is credit. Like credit. Concepts created by Matt Slayer. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Cause that honestly would be kind of awesome and hilarious. I'm actually not kidding. I might. Do <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of those like um, children's toys that you can like, they're, they're animals on wheels and yeah. you can like pull. I'm like, what if I just get like a big one? Well, that's, I, that's what I'm I was envisioning. Sure. That's what I was envisioning. Just someone pulling you around. I'm going to look into that right after this. What, and which, when you do it, you have to have someone edit in like actual tiger growls into the sound effects, like in the audio. So it's just like as you squirt, like ah, like, <laughs> I'll just have like Marco shoot it or something, and have him make the noises off camera. <laughs> 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 yeah uh he just shot one of my um like content like a content scene that i had an idea for um so my roommate is also a wardrobe designer for the circus and she has like a bunch of her clothes in the basement and she let me borrow some of them and so um i was shooting a scene with um xander and um so I brought over like a gold sequin cape for him and nothing else. <laughs> and then I was wearing this like silver sequin getup. And it's basically like he is kind of a porn magician. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and I'm his assistant. And like every time he does, he like waves his hand around and like throws his cape around. And I appear in different um, positions and so like all of our sex positions are um, like after he has done some sort of like oogie boogie with his hands and thrown his cape around it's going to be so amazing and we don't really talk the entire time so it's like a little odd and um, we're gonna put music over top of it but I almost like how incredibly awkward it is with us just like 
<laughs> quietly doing weird sexual magic tricks. It's been great. I can't wait to show you. I, I can't wait to make more content. Like OnlyFans stuff has been so fun just because all of a sudden I can like come up with the weirdest concepts and film them while having sex with cool people. And it's, I feel simultaneously bad for people seeing the inside of my head in that way, but also like, here it is. <laughs> there's there's nothing bad about it because it, it allows you to break the mold of like the same cookie cutter bullshit that, you know, I mean, not, not to say that doesn't have its place. Fucking, you know, everyone eats at fucking, you know, Mind Geeks products because they are the McDonald's of porn. Mm-hmm. But there's. You know what you're saying? You know it's going to be good. And there you have it, you know? But yeah. Yeah. It, only this has been great because people can just get weird and have fun. Exactly. And it, you don't have to have a ton of money to get rolling to actually do creative things and have a creative outlet for your pornography. It's not just like, this isn't just titillation. This is also fucking a creative outlet. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of how I see it where like, I actually have this opportunity and a base of people who are following me that like support these weird little, like, like that, like you mentioned getting a tiger that like, that I can pull along on a rope. And I'm like, I actually could totally do that if I wanted to. And that's great because I'm pretty sure if I pitched that to any company, they would like not, there would be no chance of that. None. Uh, Hell, I was even thinking like, if you really wanted to up the production value on it, you could cover the toy that you're lying on while you squirt in like green screen fabric and then like chroma key out the tiger and then put a real tiger animation under you. Whoa. My brain, I'm like, my eyes are about to go like two different directions. I had so many thoughts at the same time. I'm like, and it has to be in the Himalayan mountains. And so we need a bigger green screen so we could make it look like the Himalayan mountains. And then I could be like coming on the back of a tiger in the Himalayan mountains and people will be like, what? <laughs> it's sexy and confusing, which is my brand, basically. Olive glass, tiger queen. Wow. Who knew? <laughs> Who knew? I, I'm looking forward. Like, I generally don't want to watch scenes with my friends in it, but I'm looking forward to this now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this is going to get so weird. And that's the other beautiful part about, like, OnlyFans and where we are in the pandemic is, like, you can easily set up a green screen in your space and use a pretty decent camera and capture that footage. And make it work. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, green screens are kind of amazing. I, I've been like experimenting with them lately for the first time ever. And um, it's just like, I know they can look so tacky sometimes, but um, they're so fun. Yeah. I mean, that looks like I literally thought you ha- were like in a whiskey cellar. So well, I, I was saying it was tacky, but thank you. Yeah, I know. I I I knew that's where you were going for, or what you were trying to joke about. But I also literally thought you were sitting in a whiskey cellar. Oh, I, you were not the first. Don't feel bad. Like, and though you were the first who's actually been here in person, and then was like, "Matt, you installed the whiskey cellar." I thought you had done some renovations. Like, you know, (laughs) we all get bored quarantine some of us learn how to cook bread some of us build themselves into a whiskey cellar <laughs> and then advertise mckellen in british pounds mm-hmm. 
Yeah. You, you look like you're straight in like a whiskey cellar in London or something in like a basement. Oh, I, I'm pretty sure I am. I'm pretty sure that's where I stole this image from. <laughs> nice. Perfect. Yeah, I was in one in um, London that was right next to um, the par- the parliament building, I want to say, that um, looked like that, like very similar. And then they had like little places to sit that were um, like little tiny closets with tables. It was it was cool. Yeah, it looked like that. Took me back. <laughs> oh, I miss travel. I like now. Oh, where have you gone besides London? Like, where have you been in the last couple of years? You've been. Around, I know you travel. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I went to God since we talked last. I had gotten back from Svalbard by then. Right? We talked about that. Maybe? I think it, no, wait, 2017, I went in 2018. So after we spoke, I went on a dog sledding trip through um, the Arctic and that for my 28th birthday. Holy shit. It was really fast. Yeah. I went to this little um, archipelago off of Norway called Svalbard, which is a location in a book that I love, um, but, or this book series, His Dark Materials. I thought it was an imaginary place. And then I Googled it one day out of curiosity. Turned out it's a real place, so I booked a flight there, <laughs> and um, it was it was really neat. Um, and then after that, I went to London, Paris, the usual just areas. Those, just those boring of... places. Oh, <laughs> like I love those places. I'm there all the time, as much as I can, you know, as I can. <laughs> and um, I love London like a lot. And, um, Paris is fun, but it's like a little bit trickier just because it's not as easy, not being fluent in French. And, um, then I went to Spain, um, which was awesome. It was super beautiful. We went to all, like me and a few friends went to all of these like medieval towns and it was neat. And I went to Scotland, I think after I saw you too. And I took a train from like all the way across Scotland um, had a lot of really crazy adventures. Uh, I like accidentally took the wrong train once ended up on the wrong side of the like fucking whole country. <laughs> like, <laughs> and yeah, it was, it was a, that was a rough day. <laughs> um, and I went to Nottingham, um, in, in England for February 14th and like kissed the statue of Robin Hood as my Valentine, which Aww. was really fun. Yeah, and then we went to um, Yield. Me and a friend went to like Yield trip to Jerusalem, which is the oldest pub in England, and it's built into the side of Notting. Oops, am there I there? Are. Yep, we're still here. Okay. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. Yield trip to Jerusalem is the oldest pub in England, and it's built into the side of Nottingham Castle, like a cave, and um, it's like so cool and weird, and it's just full of like a bunch of old drunk English men and which is really fun. So we play darts and get really drunk there. That's awesome. Yeah. And then God, um, and I guess like that's the extent of it, unless I'm missing something. Oh my God. That's the extent of it. That's all. That's all. So disappointed. (laughs) So disappointed. No, that's, that's awesome. I can't wait to get out after the pandemic lets up though. And I think I want to go to um, 
Yeah, I have so many places I want to explore. I want to go to Morocco really badly. Oh, me too. Me too. Yeah. The outdoor markets seem pretty fucking legit. And the street food I heard is like amazing. I just want to go to Casablanca as part of it. Yeah, right? Like, um, when I was in southern Spain in 2015, I was legitimately thinking about like how can i pop over to morocco for like a day and the logistics just weren't there but it's like oh i want to hey i yeah i was in um i think alhambra when i when i first got the idea of how easy it would be to go to morocco so that's where i got the idea too because it's um i think it was alhambra that has like all the outdoor Moroccan style markets and yeah. And then the cathedrals there. And I was like, shit, this is awesome. You could just take a ferry over and, but yeah, it didn't happen. Maybe we'll just make a big group trip and go to Morocco. Is Morocco dry still? That's my only concern. Is it dry still? I think it's a dry country. Like no liquor. Oh, oh, I thought you meant like, is it like no rain? And I was like, I'm pretty sure, sure the weather well, I mean, it, um, it, it is North Africa. You never know. I mean, well, we could just smuggle it in and like mouthwash bottles, like they do on a on um <laughs> what is it on cruises, where um if you want to bring like you bring vodka and just put a little bit of blue dye in it and then fill up a few mouthwash bottles and bring that on. It's not classy, but <laughs> as, as <laughs> but I like works. to tell people all the time, low is a class. There you go. Perfect. I mean, I'll do it. <laughs> Can't imagine like exploring the world sober, or at least you know, at least not that little buzz. At least, yeah, I I like to have the option. Like when I'm traveling by myself, I don't drink um like a lot because I mean I have before, but I try to avoid doing that just because like by myself in like big cities seems like a risky idea. The one time that I got completely wasted in London, I was at a drag show until like three in the morning ended up like wandering off with the performers to get McDonald's. And then they were like, okay, well, we're going to go home now. And I was like, okay, I can walk myself home. No big deal. And I ended up like, I got to my hotel, um, but I couldn't figure out that you have to press the button for it to unlock. Oh no. And I was just standing out front, like too drunk to really like think through it. And I was just like, am I going to have to sleep on like, the the front steps of my hotel because I can't figure out how to get in. I figured it out. It was fine. I got in, took a shower, and went to bed. But I was seriously thinking that I would be like sleeping on a doorstep in London, like completely wasted after partying with drag queens until like early morning hours. <laughs> that was like one of the few times when I got like wasted when I was traveling. <laughs> I mean, it's good to let loose, but I I totally understand like why you would not want to like be trashed by yourself in another country. Like stranger, (laughs) strange land. Like I'm a fairly big dude. So I feel comfortable doing it. And there's definitely places where I'm like, Nope, I'm not getting trashed here. Like Columbia, uh, like Bogota. I'm like, I drank, but I didn't like get fucking wild. Yeah. Yeah. You just got to have your wit about you. Yeah. London on the other hand. Oh, I got fucking annihilated. (laughs) Yeah. I went out to crowbar in Soho. And it was like $12 for a fucking uh, bullet rye on the rock or 12 pounds for like a bullet rye on the rocks. I'm like, Ooh, this is going to get expensive real fast. Um, or they had like, I want to say like 16 pound pitchers of Lin- what they called Lynchburg lemonade. Nice. I drank a couple pitchers. Like I definitely 
shared some with like just randoms I met. Like, here, have some. Oh, yeah. Uh, ended up like, I mean, then I'm sure everybody was like, fuck yeah, like everybody there drinks more than I've seen a group of people drink in my entire life, like on a regular basis. So, <laughs> that actually, that sort of super reminds me to make sure I'm still connected on Facebook with one, like one of the dudes I met there. Because uh, a dude I met in that bar ended up in the States randomly in New York at the same time as I did, like a couple of years later. I dragged him out to like one of Joanna Angel's like feature dances. Like, <laughs> that's I'm, awesome. Like, I'm just like coolest friend ever. <laughs> like, coolest random dude I met in a pub ever. Like, yeah. So I'm still in touch with this guy. This, um, so I was staying like when I was in Svalbard, the hotels there are like crazy expensive. So I stayed in a hostel which um, I was staying with this like college age kid, um, super sweet guy. Uh, he was from Germany, uh, was just there to study. And we were, he was like 20 or something. We, were, we got along great. And we went out drinking one night and he's German. He's been drinking since he was a kid. And he, we both, well, we both got like wasted on beer. And then um, I was going to my dog studying thing the next day, but we were just like, let's stay up and see the Northern lights. And then we realized the place we were in, like the bar, there was another part of the hall that had like a, a like a traditional Icelandic wedding going on. And we crashed it. God, it's so embarrassing. <laughs> no, that's awesome. So I'm like blushing. I, it, they like asked us to leave. So they were doing, um, you, when you go in, you have to take your shoes off. It's just like, um, you know, traditional. So we took our shoes off and neither of us speak the language they were speaking. He was trying to speak to them in German because he was drunk enough. And I was just like having a ball, like not speaking to anyone and just like laughing my ass off. And we got in the middle of one of their like dances I'm like horrified at myself telling the story and it was like the bride and groom dancing and I was like I'm gonna dance with you and they were like excuse me horrible American woman but you need to leave now and I was like oh my god I'm being an American woman right now like this is a like one of our traditional dances and I was like I am very sorry and just we left and went and watched the northern lights and I remember like looking up to see the northern lights and then just falling straight on my ass and I was like this is great I'm going to be so hungover for my trip tomorrow. <laughs> oh, I was, but it was, it was worth it. No, 100%. Was worth it. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. And I'm sure they had a fucking story too. Like, can you believe the crazy American and the drunk and the German who showed up at our wedding? The super drunk German guy that was just like, he was speaking in German and I wasn't speaking. Like I was just speaking in English if I was, and, and maybe some broken friendship people. And like, they had to kick us out because we crashed the wedding. It's not the worst story. It was pretty fun. <laughs> Ooh, that's bad. I mean, I've definitely done worse drunk in other countries. I maybe not as public, but I've definitely do- done worse. I mean, yeah. The 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 follow up on the part of that London story was, I got so drunk when I after last call that I could not figure out how to call an Uber. I ended up pissing in a phone booth on the street because I was like. <laughs> Uh, I gotta go. I gotta go that bad. Uh, phone booth. Okay. That's what's happening. Thank God these <laughs> are still a thing. Yeah. Hey, I mean, that's what they're there for at this point. So. Right. Ended up getting <laughs> ripped off by some new Uber driver who took me back to Brixton for fucking like 40 fucking pounds. Oof. Yeah. I, I was that's... so drunk at that point. I'm just like, fuck it. Take it. Literally, sometimes it's like, I don't like take all of my money. I just need to get there. Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah. 
I am so drunk I'm pissing in phone booths on the streets. I probably don't need to be here in case someone who, from law enforcement sees me. Let's go. Um, yeah, exactly. Like, take me off the streets and take me somewhere. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't need to be here with my DNA evidence I just left behind. <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing I love about it, it's not the Ubers, it's the the taxis in um, London are so awesome with, like, the seats that are facing each other, like a little, like, kitchen table sort of situation. I mean, there's no table, but you're, like, it's very social feeling in a in a in a taxi in London. Yeah, it's like a mini limo almost. Yeah, there's like the two the two or however many seats in the back, and then the two in front that are like turned to face the people in the back. And I'm like, they know exactly what we want to do in taxis. We want to talk to each other. This is great. <laughs> I don't know if that's like safer. I mean, but that, it's. I think it's actually technically safer if you got into a front impact to be facing backwards. Like okay. impact wise, yeah, huh. cool. The more you know, yeah, because uh, there was some wacky concept car that I remember on like some cars of the future type video from way back in the day, and like had like the other seats. They had the driver centered instead of on like one side or the other, and then like the other seats facing backwards, huh? Because of the impact. I could be making this all up in my mind, so please don't <laughs> quote me on this. But- I like. I'm I'm going to see it as like the ultimate truth. Like this is this is fact um, because Matt Slayer said so, and I'm going to tell everybody about it. You should, you should, you should <laughs> yeah. re- definitely repeat anything I say on the show as fact. Don't do that; it's a horrible idea. <laughs> I am so colossally full of shit and misremembering things all the time. I hear you. I have the memory of a goldfish. So, well, and uh, I feel like my memory is not too bad, but I often like half remember things or it's just like i was drunk when i saw that 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 was totally a thing and then it was like oh that was a thing on a fucking sci-fi show or something yep do you ever have the thing where like you dream something and then you are telling somebody about a memory you had and then realize you're explaining like the dream that you had that night that night before yeah and you're like oh that memory that was a dream and i can't differentiate dreams from reality this is (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, I've definitely been there before, and I'm like, is this what dementia feels like, where I can't tell the difference between dreams and reality? Is that is this what... Yeah, I know. I always, like, start questioning my, like, mental state. I'm like, I, I just told somebody a dream as if it was something that really happened to me, and now I don't know who I am, <laughs> so, um, <laughs> and well, what is real. Well, um, <laughs> the worst part about it is occasionally I'll have a dream where, like, I missed an appointment or something or something important, like, wake up like, oh, fuck, I need to call that, oh, that super didn't happen. That appointment yeah. <laughs> isn't real. Um, wow, I was I had a, about I, to apologize. Oh, I was just about to apologize to someone about something that never actually happened. Ooh. <laughs> Better to apologize first and then... No, wait, that's not how that saying goes. <laughs> ask for forgiveness later. Yeah. Apologize first and ask for forgiveness later. That's definitely not how no, that no. goes. It's, uh, you know, just be apologizing for everything. <laughs> it, it's... It's better to ask for forgiveness than permission, I think is like. Yes. Which is a super problematic statement these days. I mean, yeah, it's, you know, I, I'm a huge prescriber to consent and that's like the opposite of yeah. consent. Like, hey, sorry, I finished inside you. Yeah. Like, no, that's not, no. Not chill. Not chill. Not yeah. chill. Hell. In reality, I, I think that was in the way human society should work. 
was always a problematic sentence. Yep. <laughs> I agree. Like, but was socially acceptable for a very long part of human existence. Oh, yeah. And even like, you know, it's funny and mischievous, but it can be sometimes in like non-sexual circumstances. But for the most part, better to ask permission. Yeah. <laughs> always ask permission. <laughs> Unless it's with the like government or something. And then I would just say, go for, go for it. <laughs> the government gets no consent. No. <laughs> um, Unless so it, I have. Oh, God. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, unless it's about storming the Capitol, definitely ask about that first. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess saying, like, don't ask permission from the government is something that also the people storming the co- the um, Capitol would say, which, okay, so I retract my statement. <laughs> Just ask permission. <laughs> I don't want to be grouped with those people. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> Everybody I, always has permission. <laughs> yeah. Definitely don't want to be grouped with those people. Not so much. So I have a fun thing. Um, I cannot for the life of me find my phone charger and my phone is at like 5% battery right now. Oh no. We might have to wrap up our conversation, (laughs) but I'd love to come on your podcast again. And I don't always lose my phone charger. It's just today. I cannot for the life of me find it. (laughs) That is a damn shame. I, you know, I'll go grab the charger and be right back. Can we pause this? Of course. Okay, sweet. I'll be right back. I'm uh, back. Welcome back. Thank you. That was a little adventure just now. Olive's little yeah. adventure for power. Yeah. For power. For power. For uh, glory. Yeah. For glory. Sparta. I also have his wee pen that I got while I was down there. So Both good things. I really hope you didn't have to kick Marcos into a pit to get that charger. Oh, that'll be fine. <laughs> They're just falling forever. It's fine. They won't actually die. They'll just fall forever. <laughs> You have no idea how difficult it was for us to find a break for me to plug the wire into. It was like, we were like, while I was downstairs, we were like underneath beds and like in closets and shit. It was, it was uh, an adventure, just that in itself. It sounds like you need to get a little, just a tad, a tad more organized. Touch. Yeah. I mean, I could have brought my phone charger, so there's that. <laughs> I left it at home. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. You're, you're, oh yeah, you're still in your place in LA. Yeah, of yep. course. Yep. yep. Though I think the internet may know something I don't because I've been getting a lot of targeted ads for new apartments. Mm. Like, do, do, do you guys know something I don't? Like, am I getting, in, yes. getting kicked out? Like, what's happening here? <laughs> yeah. Either that or my Everybody. phone hears me complain about my neighbors so much. They're like, don't you want to move to somewhere new? <laughs> well, that's better than mine. I get like, um, like those shopping games that are like, pretend like you're a princess and let's go shopping. And then, and then therapy ads. And I'm like, what have I been doing that you think that I just want shopping and therapy? Like what sort of clueless existence, like clueless movie existence is this? <laughs> well, on top of it, you only need one or the other. You don't need both. Right. They're both types of therapy. There's the literal therapy and then there's shopping therapy. Yeah. And retail therapy works wonders sometimes. It does. It actually really does. Whenever I'm stressed out, go do a little, little online shopping. It does the trick. Buy myself a new corset that I'll wear once because it's hot and, <laughs> and then never wear it again. <laughs> See, your, your retail therapy is different than mine. I'm like, ooh, 
new gear, new electronics, like, oh, that new mic or that new camera I don't need. Or what has your, what is your latest purchase that you are very excited about? Uh, honestly, the, mo- the most recent purchase that I'm very excited about is the camera that you're looking at me on. Oh, great. I mean, it looks great. You look great. Aw, aw. Everyone's so <laughs> complimentary of the suede group. Like, tried to self-deprecate <laughs> last night. And, like Everyone's like, oh, no, you're cute, Matt. I'm like, well, I, I was trying to be funny. Uh, thanks. Isn't it hard when you're trying to be, like, funny and self-deprecating and people are being so supportive and you're like, no, I, thank you. Thank and you. And then you, it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> I super wasn't fishing for compliments here. I was literally just trying to make a self-deprecating joke. Uh... And you're just showering with support, and now I feel weird. <laughs> right? Come on. I'm a, I'm, I'm a trauma survivor here. I'm not used to this. This is weird. This is weird for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. But, Done that before. Where friends are just like, no, we love you. You're lovely. And I'm like, oh, fuck. shit. This joke isn't landing how I was hoping. <laughs> no, definitely not. Well, and at least with this camera, like, it, it's like, oh, I could justify this purchase. Like, it, I'm using this thing almost daily. If you want something enough, you can justify it. Like, no matter what it is. Yeah, but, but it, that's all. You do use it a lot, so that is good. Right. It's, like, it's a legitimate justification, not just in my head justification. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. this thing lives on a tripod over my couch, and I stream five nights a week, and then I'm doing podcasts when I'm not doing that, or shooting weird little videos for myself. Like, 100% justified. Like legit purchase, absolutely. But yeah. I also keep looking on eBay for used like C three hundreds, Canon C three hundreds. For the audience who's not like a gearhead or knows, that is some like a decent tier up on Canon's cinematic line. Like these are the things that are like, oh, we should use this to shoot real movies. I mean, you Olive is probably one of the most popular cameras in like in porn for like a real cinematic. So really? you've definitely seen one on set. Oh, okay, cool. Nice. I yeah, mean, hell yeah. A lot of the guys that are shooting now are using the Mark II or like the Mark III. But it's like, oh, I, I really, I really would like that really fancy fucking camera. I have no need for that fucking camera. <laughs> I've n- like, no need. Zero, 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 zero need. But But it looks good and you can justify it because you will be really using it. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> Maybe if it wasn't the pandemic, I could justify it easier. Like, oh yeah, I got gigs where I can shoot with this. Like, I'm gonna shoot like stupid YouTube videos for myself on a, like what normally retails for a ten thousand dollar camera. <laughs> Living the high life. Right. right. Um, what about you? What is? You- you're gonna get the vaccine, I assume. I feel like. Oh no! You can. I'm gonna get like two or three of them. I'm just gonna stock up. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Like, just give me one of each. There's the Johnson Johnson. There's the, there's the Pfizer. There's the Modena. I'll just take one of each. That should... I think they should call the Dolly Parton vaccine. I feel like that would be the like a little highlight of the year. That would be right. That would absolutely be right. Wouldn't that be great? I feel like a lot more people would take it if they call it the, I mean, which everybody needs to be doing. So they call it the Dolly Parton vaccine and maybe gave it like a cute little Dolly Parton catchphrase. It's working that nine to five to keep you safe. Great. Yes, there we go. See, <laughs> and also, if, if the Dolly Parton vaccine, it would be the DP vaccine. <laughs> but the rest of us don't want to be vaccinated D- against against DP. Like, 
Yeah, I don't want to be. I don't want to be vaccinated against that. I want to be double vaccinated against. It. <laughs> Put two needles in me. <laughs> What's blowing my mind is like there are so many the people I've seen the most guilty of this is a lot of Instagram models who are like, "I'm not getting the vaccine." Like, Why? Yeah, it's really upsetting to me when I'm following people and like they're they like post their opinions about the vaccine and like, oh, like what, what they think is in it or whatever, which is usually not scientifically backed whatsoever. Um, and they're just like, it's just depressing when you find out your friends are anti-vaxxers. Well, yeah. Or, or people I would like to have sex with that. That's depressing too. That too. Like, yeah, there's some people on my Twitter that I'm just like, oh man, I had such a huge crush on you. And then you posted that thing about being like hardcore anti-vaxxer and then like just spewing entitlement out of your mouth because you're like a pretty wealthy young woman and you don't have to deal with things like most people do. And it's like, well, if you don't like, we shouldn't get vaccinated. We should just eat all organic and live in our own cabins in the middle of the woods where like we can completely be self-sustainable. It's like, you can do that because you have like tons of money you make from camming or whatever, but like the regular person, like- also, that doesn't mean that you won't get sick. It just, yeah. Right. Well, and the thing about it is, like, I, I had to pitch it to a friend of mine. Like, I love her to death. I love her to death, but she's got some wild theories. And she says, I'm just not getting the vaccine. I got, she came down with COVID and it was a mild case. She's like, I already got COVID. It'll be fine. I have antibodies right now. I don't need the vaccine. I'm like, they only last like 90 days. The next, yeah. The next time around, maybe worse. It still doesn't mean that you can't get people sick from it. Even if you can't catch it again, because the virus could be alive on your skin, on your body, on your clothes. You can still definitely yeah. get people sick from it. And she's just like, no, no, it'll be fine. I'm like, how about this? You want to travel. Pretty soon other countries ain't going to let you in without the vaccine. So fucking exactly. get it. She's like, well, I'll, I'll get it if I have to do it to travel. I'm like, there you go. Fucking get it. Yeah. <laughs> just, just get the vaccine. It's like, I mean, just if we could get life into some semblance of like normalcy again and like travel and you know be around each other without being tested every day but like and you know in the industry we're obviously being tested like all the time and it'd be really cool if we didn't have to do that like we already get tested every 14 days at least and having to do it every single day is it's rough oh it's yeah 100 especially like the last that i worked on they're like oh we want 24-hour tests i'm like you do realize Literally every single day and like just the, your schedule just gets crazy like yeah. you know and then when places have different hours or the the tests get there late or whatever and it's just like oh my god i would i am so glad we have these safety measures in place and i am so glad i'll be so glad we do not have to use them anymore <laughs> like just everybody needs to be vaccinated we'll just go back to yeah it, it was just yeah oh like because i was on set three days in a fucking row like, it wasn't, like, a, a day off there. And it's, like, I had to commute all the way up to fucking Calabasas for the shoot, then to Reseda to get tested, then back to Hollywood. Yep. Yeah, I was living in Culver City, and I don't have a vehicle, so I was Ubering from uh, Culver City to Northridge every day, <laughs> like, back and forth. For one thing, that's, like, um, like between 60 and $100 trip right there. Yep. And an Uber, which is like, oh my God, um, I just need to get a vehicle, but I just am not like, I, I'm not getting a vehicle yet. And so it's just like, 
wow, it's such a pain in the ass. And, um, and then working on top of that. So you get up like super early, go get tested and work and it's a lot. It's a fucking ton. And like, yeah, it's cool that like a lot of the productions are covering the testing costs on the COVID test. Oh, for sure. But it's still like the hours out of my day to get the test done is like, especially when you're making PA rates. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not pulling performer rates. I'm, I'm making a PA rate. It's like, this is getting to be not worth even worth my time doing. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. I've heard, I've heard other PAs say this actually. Yeah. It's just like, Oh, especially if you have a shit day on set where you're like, Oh, we're here for 12 hours. Yeah. And then I got to be on set the next day, but I got to figure out a point to get tested in that time frame. Yeah. So I, I don't know if I told you, but I left the industry for like a year and a half. Um, and then I just got back in, in June. So like full COVID <laughs> I'm getting back into the industry in the middle of a global pandemic is one of the most absurd decisions I've ever made in my entire life. I was so confused about the testing structure and like how, how to go get tested, like when to go get tested. It was coming into it after having not even been in the industry for a while was yeah, my mind was just, I was like, I don't even know what I'm doing. Like my, I relied on my agents to be like, okay, and now go to the testing place. Okay. And then you have to go back tomorrow. Like they had to remind me for like a couple of weeks. I was like a child. I was like, what do I do now? <laughs> oh no. When do I get sex? <laughs> so what made you decide back to come back in the middle of the pandemic? Um, it was nothing to do with the pandemic. I just was missing like the industry and um, it, I, I took some time off because so about three years ago, um, my mom died and it was like pretty rough. And um, that's like, it wasn't a year, a, half, a year and a half ago. Actually, it was like two years ago that she died. So and I, I kept shooting for a little while. And then I realized like I was mentally just not there. And if you, I feel like as a performer, if you're just mentally not into what you're doing, then it can be like really psychologically damaging. So like people who push themselves to stay in the industry for the money and they don't actually like shooting. It's really, I think it's really unhealthy. Like everybody's going to do what they do. Not judging anybody for making whatever choice they're making. But, um, I, I was like, I need to not, if I'm going to set to have sex with like a bunch of super hot babes and I'm just like, Oh, another day at work. Like, you know, that something's wrong. <laughs> so, so I, um, I did that a couple of times and I was like, all right, I got to take some time off. And so I took, I took a little while off and just painted, um, like a, like full time. And, uh, so I was in my studio painting like eight hours a day, every day. And, um, I, then I started working part-time for this, like, sort of gothy art gallery for a bit and yeah it was really good and then i was like wait i really miss having sex on camera <laughs> so <laughs> so i'm back at it i yeah i was just like I, you know i'm ready for it again let's do this oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. i mean yeah welcome back i'm not knocking your choice to come back in any way shape or form it's just the timing timing is a little weird well it, <laughs> it, it, the time is a little weird it's also like you know to come back and be like, okay, I'm going to jump on sets instead of being like, fuck it, I'm just making my own content. I'm back, but I'm making my own content. Like, full-time. Right. Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of what we're, we're everybody's, I feel like, is doing, where I got back into it. I'm shooting a little bit, but for the most part, I'm just, I started an OnlyFans and I'm, you know, going on that, which has been really cool because now I'm in, like, you know, 
nice top percentages of OnlyFans, which feels good. And um, so I'm grateful for that. And yeah, and it's 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 like invigorating me for shooting on sets because then I, I get all my like creative weirdness out for my OnlyFans. And then I get to like, you know, a browser set and I'm like, okay, let's do some glamour, like, or whatever weird script you guys got for me today. <laughs> like <laughs> the last, the last thing I shot for them, I had like a toothpaste fight with somebody and I was like, yeah. They're, they're getting bored up in Montreal, huh? <laughs> I think so. Like... There's some very weird scripts coming out of there. <laughs> And they will have the the two. I don't even know. That wasn't even a French Canadian accent. I'm going to just stop that now. Walk away from the French, the bad French Canadian accent I was just about to do. Oui, oui, monsieur. But they're like, we'll 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 have a toothpaste fight. That'll be hot. Yeah, because like you know, a roommate, two roommates are battling for the bathroom sink, and then I'm like, that's my toothpaste. Give it back, and then we squirted in each other. Oh, so the fun thing about this scene hasn't come out yet, but the fun thing about this scene, if you see the trailer for it, when it comes out is that I was violently allergic to that toothpaste and we didn't know oh. until it was on my chest. So it like, there was like a piece right here. And then there was some like pieces of it on my arm. And I was like, this feels weird. I'm going to wipe it off. And they're like, we covered it with makeup. But there are like red marks, like deep red marks oh. all over where the Oh, were you all itchy too while you're on set? No, it just looked like I had been beaten. Like it looked bad. Um, uh, and the makeup artist was wonderful and covered it. But, you know, it's, it was also a shower scene. Oh. So, like, you know, you can't cover it that well for a shower scene. No. <laughs> so I was like. Right, like right here, right, oh. just right up my boobs where everybody can see it. <laughs> well, I, if you're ever I, gonna have a toothpaste fight, just be aware you need to do a patch test on your skin first. <laughs> yes, yes, and thankfully yeah. it wasn't like oh, one of those like mad itchy because that would be even worse. Like trying to be all sexy and just be like, right here, it's just so bad. Ah, uh, that'd be the fuck. <laughs> like that would be the fucking worst. Just like. I swear I'm into this. I swear. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh. I'm so into this that I'm like compulsively scratching at myself. That's that's what I do when I'm super turned on. Don't question it. <laughs> Don't question it. This is this is yeah, my love language right here. Just I'm I'm so uh. <laughs> I'm I'm actually like my hands on my heart, you know, it's not me scratching, it's me holding my heart violently. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just trying to get right at actually at my heart. Just getting through, yeah. trying to scratch through to it. I told you I'd give you my heart on this browser set. <laughs> just count on us for making everything super dark. <laughs> like, well, it's, the... it's romantic. It's it's not. Uh, yeah, it's dark. Valentine's Day is coming up. It is. It is. If you're gonna pull, scratch your heart out of your chest, now is the best time to do it. It is. It is. I I just reposted something, and I don't know if this... I gotta just figure out if this is gonna be out in time, but one of my female friends posted, like, ladies, if you're on your period right now, you will probably be ovulating on Valentine's Day. Do not let takeout sushi and cheap zales ruin your life. <laughs> I've been seeing a lot of Scorpio jokes because, like, if you have sex on Valentine's if you have, you know, conceive a child on Valentine's Day, then it will be born a Scorpio. 
I'm like, they're like, don't do it. We don't need any more Scorpios. I personally love Scorpios, but what's your sign? I'm Aquarius. My birthday is Tuesday. Oh, hey, nice. Aquarius babies. Yep. Yep. Hell yeah. I will be officially fucking old. Or, I mean, it depends on like what you're comparing it to. Like, are you comparing yourself to a redwood tree or are you comparing yourself to a cat? Because to a cat, yeah, you're old, but to a redwood tree, you're just a baby. Well, to a redwood tree, I don't actually exist. Like, our whole lifespan in the, you know, compared to a redwood tree is a blink. That just opens up so many more questions you could be asking. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to come with the, the full on cheese. Yo, girl, what's your sign? Oh, I, so I'm a cuspy. I'm like Aquarius Pisces. All right. All right. Later in the month. Well, in the yeah, March. Yeah, so I'm on February 18th. Oh, yeah. 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 My, my sister's actually the 19th, so, like, she's a cuspy, too. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm, like, because of the year that I was born and the exact time period that I was born, like, in the day, um, I if I had been born, like, a minute earlier, I would have been an Aquarius. And any other year, I would have been an Aquarius. But because of the exact time I was born, <laughs> I'm a Pisces. So, kind of cool. That you have it down to the minute like that, I'm, my mind's... It's literally, I'm zero degrees Pisces, which means that if it had gone either way, I, like, yeah, I'm barely Aquarius. Or wow. barely Pisces. Wow. Yeah. Cool stuff. I, I don't know enough about it. Like, I know my sign because you're, like, legally required to know it. Yeah, I mean, you can't live in L.A. and not know your sign. I don't think you can live in America and not know your sign. Yeah. <laughs> like... Unless you're just like, no, nah, I've given up on like interacting with people because without fail, someone's going to fucking ask you and you better know that shit. Oh, oh yeah, you got to. Um, my favorite thing is when you ask like a guy, you know, what his sign is and they pull up like their entire chart and you're like, so how many girls have asked you this? <laughs> like that you have your entire chart on your phone, like here, like here's my moon, sun, rising, Venus, my like all the things. I I feel like that I might be it. a red flag that they're a player. Yeah, I'm okay with players though. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, as long as, long as you yeah. know the game is being played, there's nothing wrong with it. It's yeah, when people exactly. when people get expectations that there's no game being played, or like this is going in a different direction than just you know funsies. That, yeah, managing expectations and clear communication. It's always well, but yeah. also like the the the. A player is generally not clearly communicating that, like, oh, hey, this is just for fun. Right, because otherwise they would just be polyamorous. <laughs> right. Or, like... Or, or non-monogamous. Or just, or, yeah, non-monogamous. That's I, true. I feel like, you know, you, you, you're, you're on it if you're, like, pulling out your whole chart. Yeah, you, you know. You You've know. been asked before. But it's also, like, a little too obvious, like... Like the the subtlety of like pulling out your entire chart. It's like what you're saying. It's a giant. It's like a giant red flag that you're a player. It's like it's the most obvious red flag too of just being like, oh, like other girls have asked me this before. Like here. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I guess that then boils down to like how handsome and charismatic the dude is. Because you know if he's handsome and charismatic enough, he could be a giant made of a giant red flag, and then still be like, oh, he has his whole chart. Aww. <laughs> I mean, we do the same shit, too. It's like, oh, oh, she's hot, and you know, she's into me, and 
oh, I know of all these other things that are giant problems, but that's okay. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll just go with this for now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll be fine. A year later, like, you are ruining my life in ways that <laughs> yeah. I could easily predict. The crazy versus hot scale is, like, always a wonderful philosophical discussion. Like, how hot do you have to be to negate the crazy and how crazy do you have to be? Yeah. It's just like figuring out like the crazy to hot scale. Yeah. Oh, I, uh, Oh yeah. It's definitely a real thing. Cause there was way back in the day, like a performer I had like, you know, before I even got into the industry, like I, I was sexually attracted to her. Like I would watch her scenes. I was into her and then like got in the industry, met her, like partied with her a bunch of times, always had a good time partying with her. And we were hanging out one night and I'm like, in the back of my head, I'm like, Hey, this is potentially really going somewhere. Like, Holy fuck. Am I actually going to be like hooking up with someone like that? You know, I used to rub one out to like, and then she started talking about lizard people legitimately. Like mm -hmm. legitimately, like the 1% are fucking lizard people. I saw videos on YouTube. Yeah, I used to live in a pretty small town with a lot of potheads who I've had many of those late night discussions that you can't quite get out of because they're like so intense and like so stoned and they're like the lizard people. And you're like, fuck, man, there's a conspiracy theory for everything. <laughs> well, the, it wasn't even just like the conspiracy theory because like, first I tried to laugh it off and it was like literally a turn to me, look at me dead serious. Matt, you don't fucking understand. You're like, okay. <laughs> and this is like 2012. We're like, not everything's on fucking YouTube at that point. Yeah. Oh, 2012 was still around the time when they thought the world was going to end. Right. Too. But right. She's like showing me videos on YouTube. She's like, no, look at their eyes, Matt. Look at their fucking eyes. And I'm just like, uh, I need to back away slowly here. And in the back <laughs> of my head, I'm like, you know, she was a pretty well-to-do performer at the time. I'm like, girl, like, I know you hang with real celebrities. How can you believe this? Like, they probably do too. <laughs> right. Like it'd be one thing. Like if you, I would have all like taken it with a more of a grain of salt. She'd been like, I was partying with this rapper and he's a lizard person. Yeah. Instead of like, I got my facts from YouTube. Like you, yeah. you're, you're literally partying with people that are part of the 1%. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. yeah that's that's intense like those those um conspiracy theories are like really wild to listen to i used to have a friend that like great guy just adored being around him and then he would get going on the like the lizard people and the one about how aliens hide inside of clouds and it's just like and he would just and they get so fanatical and intense about it and like they don't want to let up and and it's like, honestly, I am interested in hearing weird conspiracy theories just because it's like, I don't know. They're just weird stories. It's like, it's like, um, uh, oh my God, what is that show? That was the FBI agents. Why can't Mulder oh, and X-Files. X-Files. It's like X-Files to me. It's like, whoa, like, and what else is going on? You know? Well, but like when they start getting that intense about it, it's, it's too much. Well, I, I mean, we're fucking 
10 years later from that incident, almost 10 years later from that incident. And I realized, especially with the prevalence of Q- QAnon over the last year or so, it's like, this is this, these people's religion. Like, it's like mm-hmm. going to a, you know, diehard Catholic or an Orthodox Jew and being like, you're fucking wrong about God. You'd get a similar <laughs> yeah, reaction. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's every, every person has like their own like mythology they've built up in their head. And like, yeah, there's definitely some people who have a similar mythology. Therefore they all are in the same religion, but like, you know, these people like that's, it's like telling you that, you know, they, like the sky isn't blue. It's it's like, it's their life. It's how they perceive things. And so how dare you try to like shake that? <laughs> well, and the thing about it is, it's like, how dare you try to shake that and it's about as provable as the Bible in most cases. Oh, the, absolutely. Yeah. The, the the normal argument is like, do your own research. I'm like, well, that's not how the scientific method works. The scientific method works is you do the research. You provide me with the study. I peer review it and try to recreate your results. If you're just telling mm-hmm. me to do the research, that means you haven't done it. And then if you do provide the research, they're like, no. <laughs> like, Oh, yeah. No, like, no. I- Oh, it's real because I believe it. And it's like, okay, then why did you tell me to do the research? <laughs> well, yeah, 100%. Because they, they figure, one, you're going to be too lazy to actually do it. Or B, that you should just take them at their word. Right. Uh, I, I've told this story on air a couple times, but there was, you know, the beginning of the pandemic, a uh, girl I was hanging out with that I was really into. I, like, legitimately really into her. Like, love spending time with her. Always great times. It's like, she's awesome. And she sends me a text like, Matt, you have to take out the, check out this 10-part documentary. It's so important. I'm like, okay. Was it spirit science? Uh, it was the Fall Cabal 10-part QAnon videos. <laughs> oh, I watched all 10 parts. I watched all fucking 10 parts, including part five, which is about Pizzagate, that you have to go off of YouTube because YouTube banned it. I watched all 10 parts. Wow. Uh, to give you I mean, any you idea, re- what was that? You did your research. Oh yeah, well, I'm like, that's how into this girl I was. Because after the first part, I'm like, <laughs> but I'll, I'll watch all the time. I got the time, uh, and I'm taking notes. I'm like, there's things that if you give, pay a little bit of attention are like easily disprovable. And like, if you're presenting something as fact, and like things that are easily disprovable are there, it makes me skeptical of anything else you're presenting to me. Yeah. Because it like. That's healthy. Yeah. And then the ones, because either you're trying to spin a narrative or you're just wrong about things. Either way, Mm -hmm. I should not be taking your word as gospel at that point. And the first first part of the Fall Cabal video claims, because these things start off mildly pro Trump and then go fully pro Trump by the end of it. They kind of ease you into the Trumpness. Yeah. But they're like, President Donald J. Trump is the first president to never accept his salary in the history of the presidents of the United States. I'm like, I know that for a fact that's false. Yeah. JFK and Hoover also did not take their salaries. Yeah, that's what I remember. I didn't know about Hoover. I had to, like, that came up as a Google I, result. I knew about JFK. But I knew about JFK. It's like, okay, if you're already misrepresenting that, like, video one right off the top, what else is, you know, not here? Yeah. And it was, yeah, I lots of notes. And part of, I, like, I understand why some people get wrapped up in this shit. 
because they like encourage you to do your own research. They present all this shit and some of it, some of it did fucking happen, but they weave it into all these other conspiracies. Yeah. So yeah, I remember when it was like, oh, sorry, go ahead. So it's like, oh, well, this one actually fucking happened. It may not happen in the way that they exactly presented it, but it did happen. Oh, well, if this one actually happened, everything else must happen too. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I remember when I was like, I want to say somewhere between, I was like 18 or 19, and I was um, living on like an oil rig field in Oklahoma. I was like working on this like pipeline and um I like just made breakfast for all the pipeliners every morning and that was like my job. And I didn't I couldn't leave the work trailer that I lived in because I'm I'm allergic to this um bug out there and if it bites me then I like swell up like crazy. So I'm just like in this trailer for like nine months straight <laughs> losing my mind. I'm like 18 years old. And um the people like after they finished work, they'd come over and they'd be like, oh, like, you know, they're all QAnon style people, um, like Oklahoma backwoods, like pipeliners. And um, they would come over and be like, watch this like YouTube video that I have about, um, you know, this person's trying to steal our guns away sort of attitudes. And it's all, it's basic. It was just conspiracy videos. And I had never seen anything like it before in my entire life. So I, being as like naive as I was, I was like, oh, this is, it's on YouTube. It must be real. <laughs> They're like on to something. And I remember that feeling of being swept up in the excitement and the fear because it's like this combination of like, you're involved in something and it's like real and it's like powerful. And like, now is your moment to like prove and like be be smart and like prove that you can handle tough situations. It, it gets you wrapped up into this like little fear universe and then you always like the next time the video, another video comes out, like you want to see it because you want updates on like what's been happening. And like, you know, you trust this one type of this one YouTuber because like you can't trust a lot of people because they said, you, you know, it's like this whole like I was there for like, I don't know how long did I live there? I was nine months and I think we were watching videos for like three months before I was like, guys, I'm pretty sure this is actually full of shit. <laughs> and I'm so glad I got myself out of that because I was like. 19 and about about to get the entire fucking constitution tattooed on my back like literally and i because i i was like everybody around me was like this is real and i was youtube was like this is real and i was like i don't know how to tell that this is real because i grew up on a very rural farm and then i moved out to oklahoma and so i i'm but i i know that sort of fanatic energy that like they get so wrapped up in it and it's so real for them and so powerful and so like seeing people who don't believe in it, you're almost like, Oh no, like you've got to like, you've got, just got to learn. Like you'll be, you'll feel exactly how I do. If you just see the truth of the matter, you know, but it's just, it's fanaticism is what it is. And like, yeah, there's definitely a lot of crazy shit going on in the U S and we don't know everything. And like there, you know, but it's, it's not, <laughs> it's, it's not like it is in the YouTube videos. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, it's definitely not. And also, for me personally, so much of that shit's above my pay grade that I don't care. Like, oh, 9-11 was an inside job. Cool. I'm not doing shit about it. I'm not going to waste any mental energy on it. Like, and also, like, yeah. Yeah, that's how I feel, too. And, like, I'm sure it was. Um, I don't know what you expect me to do about this. Yeah. Like, oh, there's lizard people running the 1%. Cool. I don't believe you, but even if I did, 
what am I going to do about it? I, I'm going to go back yeah. to my life. Like, like literally, do you expect us to be like, I don't know, national treasuring the shit out of this? Or like, what are we, what are we, what are we trying to be doing here? I, I may be regurgitating some bad information here. I'll just preface that. But supposedly people that uh, adopt conspiracy theories are generally people that feel that like, they have less control over their lives is something yeah. I've heard. So, I mean, well, it creates in very intricate, like, um, narratives about like, you know, it's in ways that they can understand what's going on around them, but also feel disconnected and feel like it's, um, it's like a disconnection where they're like, this is why we're disconnected. Not because we're just disconnected. It's because they're lizards, you know, and it just gives them more meaning, I guess. Yeah. So I just embrace that there is no meaning and yeah, I'm just going to enjoy my life the best I can because there's no meaning. There's nothing. Um, I'm definitely like super spiritual as a human being, but I'm also like, you know, it, I, I also went through the phase of being like super hippie spiritual when I was a little bit older and I moved to Portland and I was like, crystals talk to us, all that jazz, like, which sure they maybe do. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe they do. Um, but at one point I remember just being like, and what if they do like, like people, I don't know the people that were around me that were just like constantly involved in like hyper spiritual, non-realistic, like non-grounded stuff. I'm like, that is so great. Um, do anything you want to do. What, um, what impact are you wanting this to have on your life? Because just like seeking out, like, you know, getting the best possible spirit session or whatever, like, like, what does it do for you? Like, how are you going to improve your life? Like, unless you can, like, maybe the, you know, like I was saying, maybe the crystals do talk to me, but like, unless I'm actively using that information, I, it, I could be focusing on other things. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not knocking anybody who does shit like crystals or hell, even if you're into wild conspiracy theories, I'm not knocking you as long as you don't harm anybody else. Either. Like, yeah, and like I was saying, like I actually do use crystals in some. Like I, I, I'm a practicing pagan, and I do use crystals in certain ways. But it's just like you know, finding what works for you in like a real life setting is, um, it's tricky, and it's. I think there's a lot of people who are trying to find like escape routes from life as often as possible, and so instead of being like, you know, like. I discovered crystals and they're great. And oh yeah, very nice. I want some, pass me some. <laughs> <laughs> we find our own escape routes. I didn't mean to interrupt you. That's why I was. Oh yeah, no, you're good. But like, you know, like be cognizant of the fact that if you are doing that sort of thing, that it is kind of like an escapism and like lean into it, fuck it, like enjoy yourself. But also I, I when people start spending so much time on something that's completely ethereal and like there's no basis, then it just becomes incredibly unproductive. And like, yeah, I mean, same goes with fanaticism of any kind. And um, I forget why we were talking about that, but now I'm going to come off of my soapbox. <laughs> well, because we were talking about cons fanatical conspiracy theorists. That's how we got there. And yeah. yeah. And the thing about it is if someone else wants to waste their life, I don't even knock that. If you want to waste your life, that's cool. As long as you aren't negatively affecting other people with you wasting your life. Like, I'm A-okay -OK with, like, you making pretty much any choice for yourself as long as it doesn't negatively affect others. You want to fucking do hard drugs? 
go for it. If you want to do hard drugs and you have fucking kids, though, that's a fucking problem. Yeah. Do whatever you want to your own self. Believe whatever you want as long as you're not harming other people. Like, people fucking died because of fucking the QAnon conspiracy at the fucking Capitol. Right. And that's where that's where it actually becomes like a real issue where like, you know, whatever kind of fanaticism it is, like when it starts affecting like lives outside of their own, like you can believe anything you want. You can spend your time however you want to spend it. But at the same time, like that, when that sort of mentality starts, like become like you start creating toxic environments all around you because that's how you think it should be. That's where it's like it's too far. (laughs) I agree. And yeah, the storming of the Capitol, it's like those people, like like that lady that was interviewed, she's like, it's a revolution, we're storming the Capitol. And she's like crying and you're like, she seems very entitled to this idea that she should be storming the Capitol and like it's their revolution. I don't know, it's just like the entitlement that goes on with making everybody else's lives miserable when they're doing that. <laughs> well, but the, the crazy part about the flip side about that is history is written by the victors. And if they had succeeded, they very well may have been seen as patriots 20, 30 years down the road. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the crazy yeah. part. Like, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not anti it. Well, I am anti some of the things the Israeli government does. I'm not anti-Israel. Yeah. And I definitely believe it needs to belong as a state. But Israel was founded by bombing the British high command when it was British-occupied Palestine. Like, the state was founded on, if they had not been successful, on terrorism. But because they won, they're freedom fighters. Yeah, I mean, there you go. There's the capital in a nutshell. They had won. (laughs) Right. Thankfully, they didn't fucking win. I'm very happy that they did not fucking win. I don't know, like, if they... I don't think they were, like, prepared whatsoever to win that day. It was just, like, a madhouse. And I think it was, like, intentionally just being chaos. Chaos. Oh, I agree. But I mean, heaven fucking forbid, heaven fucking forbid, like someone else uses these same game plans with someone who's more organized and more competent. We almost fell into like some pretty bad shit on a group that was pretty fucking incompetent. Yeah. Not, not, not trying to get this fucking like what's supposed to be a fun show political and shit, but it's, it's just crazy to think like how fast. 2020 as just in general and the beginning of 2020 has illustrated that like how much of society is just a fucking illusion. Yes. Like no matter what your beliefs are, it's just a fucking mm -hmm. illusion. Yeah. It's breaking everybody down in a way that's like really interesting because you're figuring out what like really matters and like what you really believe and like what you really need to survive and um, like what your support systems are and like all this stuff. And it's, it's been like, wild <laughs> pure wildness <laughs> absolutely absolutely and it just there's so much illustration of what people will just glom onto when they feel the need that they have to like they're just like oh my freedoms or I, i'm obviously wearing masks i've been wearing masks since they like they've told us we should be wearing masks but the fact that like the government did us dirty and like for the what the first like month and a half two months was like you don't need masks it's cool yeah you're fine this is fine this is fine this respiratory virus it's fine it's good it's good so this uh, it, that actually reminds me so much of um when i was like 16 i took a driver's test that i failed 
Um, this is one of the reasons. And, uh, I was driving down the highway, 60 miles an hour. The teacher was sitting next to me and, um, I noticed I was really, really bad at driving by the way. So this is going to sound insane in this, but just bear with me here. So, um, I was driving and like the steering wheel started like just kind of veering off a little bit. And I didn't want him to see me like jerking it back. So I was just like, I'm just going to let it veer. And then eventually it'll go back to how it was supposed to be. But instead I just started veering off of the highway (laughs) and he was like, he finally jerked it back for me. He's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I was just trying to like really gently hope that it goes back over. But like that whole very like gentle veering off the highway at 60 miles an hour and hoping nobody notices that you're like slowly losing control is absolutely our government in the beginning of the pandemic. <laughs> like we were veering off the highway pretty fast and we just did it. We just just drove right off the highway. The oh. whole like you don't wear a mask. It's like, why are you pretending like everything's fine when it's not? <laughs> like, well, and that's because they also knew we were selfish assholes. Like, oh, diarrhea might be one of the symptoms you get with COVID toilet paper. Do you remember going to the grocery store like soon after that whole toilet paper, like the toilet paper fiasco was just like the weird. And I, I remember going to the grocery store and I saw two people fighting over a pack of toilet paper in the Vons near my house. And it was just like, and like the tension going on with people, like people were trying to get, a whole packages of um, paper towels and like food and like fighting with people to like be able to purchase it. It was really tense. <laughs> I like, I would like take a shot and walk to the grocery store and be like, all right, let's do this. <laughs> like, Oh yeah. Well, hell I still, to this day, do not like going to the grocery store just because like we're almost a year in motherfuckers still can't wear masks properly. Under the nose, under the nose, or just like, like what's in the store. It's just off. My favorite was, I don't know if this man's a genius or a complete asshole. I saw a guy in the store with two masks. He had one over his mouth and then another one over his nose. Like just the what? just the paper disposable ones. He had two on. He had one over his mouth and one over his nose. I'm like, I, I don't know if you're a genius or insane, sir. I do not know. Also, can you breathe with like a whole mask over your nose? Well, I mean, but it's like but it's also not like making good fucking coverage when it's over. No. It was just like I like imagine that. Like that sounds so uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like I I don't. I... You... What was that? Yeah. Did you see the one where um this was like a serious thing that they made into a joke, and then later the lady was like, "No, I promise, I was joking." She was making um brunch masks that had a hole in the middle for straws, so you could drink drinks. Um, but it had a hole in the middle of it, and there was nothing to close it up. There was <laughs> there's a straw hole. <laughs> I was like, you can't, that doesn't, that doesn't work, hun. <laughs> well, I mean, I've also seen people wearing like fucking designer Gucci masks with like rivet holes in them, like just rivet holes for breathing. Like, mm, like you know, you, you have the right idea, but the execution is completely off and that's an issue. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I, I honestly feel like it's just like, well, I have to wear a mask out, so I'm wearing a mask. Oh, there was, uh, oh my God, an Uber driver that I had once and I was was like awful. She like, she was definitely like, didn't believe in masks at all. And she's like, oh honey, you don't have to wear a mask in the car if you don't want to. And I was like, I'm going to wear a mask in the car, but thank you. She's like, okay, do you mind if I 
like, don't wear my mask. And I was like, I'd really prefer if you did, like, you know, I work in an industry that if I got COVID, I could potentially hurt like a lot of people. And she's like, okay, fine. And she pulls this mask off of her um, rear view mirror that is literally like, like thin chains that is like rhinestone chains, but it's not like knit. It's just like, it's like a fishnet style. So there's like large holes. And she was like, I like to wear this one because technically I'm wearing a mask, but like, it's not, I can still breathe. It's not uncomfortable. I'm like, I would have been like, pull over. I'm out. Yeah. I actually, I changed my, my address and like got out and I was like, dude, like you can't, <laughs> this the, like the fashion. That's not like funny. To me. No, no, it's not fucking funny. She's like, I go into restaurants and they don't even know what to do with me. Like they can't, they can't control me, you know? And I'm like, yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to go now. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, I'm not going to be in a, a tight ex- enclosed space with you. Thank you. Yeah. Like what? <laughs> Yeah, it's just the whole like you're impeding on my freedoms to make me wear a mask. Like, fuck yourself. Yeah, absolutely, fuck yourself. These are the same people who are like, women shouldn't get abortions if they want one, and like, you know, no bodily autonomy except for if they have to wear a piece of cloth over their face, then like all that goes out the window. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, like they're gonna vote for no mask, but they're gonna vote for no abortions either. So they're just like. Just selfishness. Anyway, <laughs> look at me ranting. <laughs> well, and the thing about it is, like, the way I look at it is, like, even if the mask doesn't do shit, like, I I mean, I don't believe that, but even on the offhand chance the mask doesn't do shit, like, I'm at least putting the other people around me at ease wearing it. See, that's what I was saying. I, I have a friend who was like, I don't think the masks are doing anything. It's like, that's fine if you feel that way. But everybody else else around you is going to be extremely uncomfortable if you aren't wearing a mask. So do it be- not for yourself. Do it for everybody around you who you care about. Right. And even if you don't care about them, do it because you hope that other people care about you. Yeah. Because yeah. this mask, in theory, is protecting me from other people. It's not protecting me from you. Yeah. So I'm doing it to be like, hey... I give a fuck if you live or die. Even if I don't believe this, which I do, on the record, 100% do. But even if I didn't, I'm at least saying that, like, I hope you don't die. And this is me putting something on my face saying that, I hope you don't die. Yeah. Even if I'm wrong, I hope you don't die. We're doing our best. We're doing something. (laughs) Right. I'm not, like, just spitting in your mouth. Yeah. That's kind of hot, but not under these circumstances. (laughs) No, no, no. It brings risky sex to a whole new meaning. It really does. Uh, yeah, dating has become quite a, a thing. I'm my um, like, I'm not try- like I'm not dating. I mean, I mean, I'm dating somebody, but like, I'm not like actively dating dating. But like, right. my friend um, and my roommate just got out of a relationship, and she like wants to date. She's like been going on Bumble, and but like dating on like apps and um. In, in a pandemic has is it's like hilarious the lengths they have to go to to make sure they're being safe like she she's been like making sure everybody's covid tested and like everybody has to get like rapid tests done before they hang out if they hang out it's just like it's like you know it's wild i'm just like dating off of dating apps is already a pain in the ass let alone <laughs> I, I i'm on almost all of them i really just look at it window shopping like i can't remember 
the last time I actually went out on a date from one of them. I'm like, I'll match with people and be like, oh, you got nothing in your profile. Cool. Yeah. Uh, is this the point where I just say you're hot? And what are we supposed to talk about here? <laughs> I actually, yeah. I just realized, I just realized my new opening. Like, obviously, I think you're hot. I swiped right. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> That's my new opening. Why have I not thought of that before now? That's great. I like that one. Like non-profile, but like I, I rarely get past like the initial like match phase because it's just like, oh, hey, I don't come at women gross, so I'm not like talking about their physical characteristics like off the bat. And half the time when I meet someone on fucking Bumble or Tinder, it feels like I'm interviewing them because I'm like asking questions, like trying to have a conversation, and like. There's no questions back. Like, you swiped right too. Are you not curious at all? Or are you just such a big fan of the show that you know everything I have to say? I don't think yeah. it's that. Like, I don't think it's that. It's definitely that. No, of course, of course. But it's <laughs> like, no, online dating is hell. It is fucking hell. Yeah. Uh, so do you remember um, Rhea? I mean, it's still around. I say it like it's not there anymore. The yeah, but I was never Rhea. famous enough to be on it, so. So I was on it and, um, I was on it like years ago and it's terrible. Ooh la la. By the way, I know I literally it was because a friend of mine, um, her friend made it and oh. she was like, Hey, like let me and you know, olive on. And she was like, okay, whatever. So I got like approved almost right away. And I, I was like, I was on Rhea when it was still kind of like cool because it was w- literally like me and then a bunch of celebrities. And I was just like, okay this is weird i i feel like i'm not supposed to be here but here we are it's another icelandic um, wedding all over again yeah where i was just like when are they going to kick me out because i don't see any other porn performers here like i don't know i was just expecting to not like they let me stay i um i deleted it again but like after my divorce i um i like i re-downloaded it and I was I still had my account so I was like but um yeah so when I first started using it I um I I hate going on dates like I hate first dates so much and um I was like if I if I'm gonna hate it but I'm gonna do it I might as well go out with like rando celebrities because at least it'll be like an interesting story turns out they're all crazy too and all those dates were also insane but, oh, um, oh, come on. Oh, you got to regale us with at least one crazy celebrity story. Don't name who okay. the celebrity is. Don't, 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 don't name who it was, but like, I, I got to hear some crazy yeah. Rhea stories. Like I I'm, Oh, I'm so here for this. So one of them was a performer from SNL and, um, he, he was like, he was so crazy. <laughs> Did you go out with like, Pete Davidson? No, no. Thank goodness he's he seems like a handful um no this is this is somebody who was um I actually don't think he's on SNL anymore but he was and he was like very well known and um I was like oh this should be fun like I wasn't really attracted to him but he seems like a cool person and I was like fuck it first dates are to get to know people let's do this um we actually never even got to the first date but Honestly, I feel like we had lifetimes together from like, I, I never have to talk to him again in my time. Um, we were going to go out to dinner and then he wanted to, was like, oh, actually, do you mind if we just meet at my place at 10? And I was like, I know what you're doing here. And I was like, no, I don't, 
but, but we can go out to dinner t- tomorrow night or whatever. Like, let's just reschedule. Like, I don't want to be your booty call like right away, you know? Um, and then he, he was like, texting me again. He's like, I don't do drugs. And I was like, cool. Like sometimes I do, but okay. It's cool. And I was, it was just like, so out of nowhere. And, um, and then he kept telling me things. He was like, I have had three ex-wives. And I was like, dude, we're talking about dinner plans still. Like, I don't. And, and then he was like, how about you come over to my place tonight? My dog just shit on my new carpet and it was a $13,000 carpet. And I really wanted you to see the shit before I clean it up because it's like a really expensive shit. And I was like, all right, so dinner's off the table. Like I'm not. That's hilarious. But by the way, that's fucking hilarious. It was really weird. And this is all after he said he didn't do drugs. And then the text messages from him over the next, the course of like three hours got just weirder and weirder and I thought he was just trolling me at first and then I realized that he was just super high on something and he started sending me um like between these weird text messages he was he was sending me black Santa Claus emoji texts like just black Santa Claus emojis sometimes eggplants and that was it and it was like it started off with like five of them and I was like okay he's like he thinks he's making a joke and then it was like a hundred of them and then it was like at one point I think it must have gotten like between like two, it was two and 300 until I blocked him finally. So it was like so many, like he was sitting there typing it out for so long. It it was very weird. So that was one of them. I I have to ask first and foremost, are you sure he didn't just hand his phone to his assistant and make his assistant do it? He may have. I mean, that would like, honestly, it's, it's funny. It was, (laughs) kind of crazy but it was it was really funny well and the Uh, other thing i'd like to interject is he is correct he does not do drugs he had already done them yes many (laughs) many of them um and then another one i went out with um the lead singer of like a 90s like rock band that was pretty cool Uh, we went bowling and it was just the most like a wholesome normal situation and this guy is like known for being like crazy and he was like very polite, nice dude, which was not the craziest story, but it was funny. Did and, you go bowling um, with Marilyn Manson? Oh, God, no. Oh, my God. I accidentally almost pushed Marilyn Manson in a pool once. And now that was the news I wish that I had. And then that held him under? And then held him under just permanently. <laughs> yeah, I was at this party and he was there and I like was I had been drinking. It was a um, it was like a we were all wearing lederhosen. He wasn't, but like, we were all wearing lederhosen and I had been drinking beer all night and I was like spinning next to a pool and just like smacked the shit out of him. And he like went stumbling, like almost fell into the pool. And yeah, that was my first interaction with Marilyn Manson. Oh, but not your last. It was not my last, but I didn't have any, like, like that was probably like the closest interaction I had had with him. It was just a lot of him being in the same space as me. But I, I just, he kind of like gave me the same vibe as Ron Jeremy. So I just tried to like stay far away all the time. Oh, Manson was just nodding off in the middle of parties. What was that? Manson was just nodding off in the middle of parties. No, Ron, I just, mean, I, Ron, Ron just falls asleep places. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I mean, he did kind of once. I wasn't sure what he was doing, but I, I was at this restaurant and, um, it was, it was the premiere for um, 
one of Nicolas Cage's movies. Oh, it comes and back to Cage. It comes back to Cage. Every time. So uh, we were sitting in the back and I guess my friend knew one of Marilyn Manson's guitarists. And so Nick Cage and a few guys like saw my friend and were like, oh, let's go sit all around them. So I was just like hanging out. I was cool meeting Nick Cage. Um, and Marilyn Manson was kind of like, he was like sitting in a chair and like, I don't know what he was doing, but he had his eyes closed for like a really long time. And you were just sitting there. <laughs> so he might have been nodding off. I've had <laughs> one real life run in with Manson, and that's when I was the head of security at the uh, theater at the Ace when they played there in 2015. And Manson was a colossal prick to everybody. Yeah, he's not nice and he's gross. Yeah, his, cr- his crew, his road crew, the best dudes. Like all of them yeah. were super cool. I didn't have to interact with any of the other, of the rest of the band. But Manson was just a fucking nightmare all goddamn night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He that that totally makes sense to me. He just he comes off just like a complete dick. And he is, so there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sometimes it's the ones you suspect. Yep. <laughs> sometimes it's the one who wrote who wrote an autobiography about how much of a dick he is, and then still people were like, but he's really cool. And it's like, no. He just told you he's an abusive, horrible person. (laughs) (laughs) Turns out he was telling the truth. Yep, yep. This this was not... (laughs) Like, this wasn't a hit piece from someone else. He wrote this. Yeah. (laughs) Um. Yeah, I'm trying to think of more funny stories off of Rhea, and I used to be full of them, and now I'm like, I can't even remember all of them. Um... God, I, yeah, lots of just like crazy, um, oh yeah, I, um, (laughs) there's this one guy that was also in a nineties rock band that is known as like a bad boy too, that I, I went out with a few times. Um, and he was pretty agoraphobic. Like he didn't ever want to leave the house because he was afraid of being like recognized and like, like, you know, people following him or whatever. And so I got his tickets to go see, um, like a Mexican wrestling show because you can just wear a mask. And I was like, okay, this is the like best date idea ever of somebody who is afraid of being recognized, bring them to a place where they wear luchador masks. Like how cool is that? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Very thoughtful on your part too. Yeah. I was like, let's just see where we can go, where you can be in disguise and also like kind of hot. Right. So like, I don't know somehow that's sexy <laughs> and the anonymous factor i don't know um but well, yeah, I, I always thought the, like the look of the like the luchador mask with like the full suit the like the old school like luchadors used to rock like away from the ring was always awesome like that's oh what... for sure luchadors are badasses i love like underground mexican wrestling tournaments so much fun so did, yeah. he, did he go on that date was he cool with it no and like that's when I was like, oh, you're like agoraphobic. You're not afraid of being recognized. You just don't want to leave the house. Like, I get that. So I would like go and like, we're still, we're still friends. He's still a very nice person. And like, I'll go and like have tea or something. (laughs) But like, but that's about it. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. We're not, not as adventurous as I was. (laughs) I still went to the, to the wrestling tournament and I wore a mask. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I took a friend and 
Yeah, that that sucks. Like, I would never want to be to that level of celebrity. Like, I don't really want to be famous in the first place. Like, I'm I still to this day struggle with being in front of a camera. Sometimes, like, oh yeah, I'm the talent now. Eh, yeah. Eh. But I would never want to be that level where it's like, oh hey, I can't go places without like being harassed or bothered. Yeah. Yeah, this this person that I was just talking about, one time we decided to go to sushi and I was late. And so they won't they won't seat you at uh I forget what the place is called. It's like sweet sushi sugar 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 fish. Sugar sugar. Fish yeah. And they like won't seat you until your entire party is there. And even for him, they were like, no, we won't see you. And when I got there, he was being like, like hoarded or not hoarded, but like hounded um, by like this group of girls that were like, like, you know, late teens or whatever. And they were just like, oh my God. And I was like, oh no, this is legit. The reason you don't want to leave the house is because of this situation. It's so awkward and uncomfortable. And he was like, you were late. And I had to stand here and I'm like, oh, let's get to a table like quick. Yeah, like, no. yeah, that just seems to, yeah. There's so much that like goes into celebrity that just does not seem like fun. Like, not knowing who you can trust because who you are, like the money situations, like that sort of shit. It doesn't seem like fun. No, it super doesn't. Like, I definitely, when I was younger, like. You know, like I'm a performer and when I was younger, I was like, yeah, I want to be famous one day, you know? And um, then I started seeing like how that treated people, like the reality of it, like, you know, in your head, it's all like getting all this attention and getting like all the luxurious things and people sending you free things and, you know, just like all of the glamour, obviously like the glamour of it. And then I just saw like the neuroses and trauma people develop after like years of that. And I'm like, Oh, I am fine. Not doing that. <laughs> like, like I will just be painting my little paintings and I'll be doing my little bit of sex work. And as long as I can make ends meet and have a nice time, I don't need to go into a restaurant and have people recognize me. That's like, it, it still happens, but like, it doesn't happen. Like, this person that I was talking about. Right, you know it's I mean? not a guaranteed conclusion. To right. Going exactly. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that it's not like every time I walk out, I'm like having a panic attack that I'm going to like be hounded. Like, whew, no, thank you. That doesn't look fun well, at all. And also because of your line of work, like sometimes the people who do recognize you are afraid to say something about it. Cause where they recognize you from. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's, um, there's definitely been like people like most recently at this gym, um, that, that, um, I go to where this guy was just like staring at me for the longest time. And I was like, who's this fucking creep. And then I realized like, I was like, Oh my God. Cause he had this special look on his face that people get when they watch my porn and they don't want to say hi because they watch, they don't want to admit they watch porn. Right. And it's like, I can just see it in their face. What's going on. Like, I know, and, um, I, and now I'm like, oh, you're fine. Cause at first I was like, are you like fantasizing about murdering me? Because why are you staring at me this long? And, um, I'm like, no, you're, <laughs> you're just recalling all the porn you watched to me. <laughs> He's like, oh no, 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 this is about spilling other fluids besides blood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I get that in LA sometimes too. Like I had this, um, I was like standing, I was walking down the street from my house to like a cafe 
And I look across the street and across the the crosswalk is this man with his phone out and it's just like pointed at me. And I am like, it's the beginning of the pandemic. I am not cute. And it's not, not a time that I want to be videotaped by random ass people on the street. And I just like, go away. <laughs> but like, it's so funny when people recognize you and they don't say hi. It's like, it's that's where they just, yeah, like, the, uh, I think a lot of people forget that there's like real people on the other side of the camera. Like they say this mm-hmm. wild, hateful shit sometimes, sometimes just to get your attention, to get a reaction. Sometimes not like they the level of entitlement, especially with adult performers where they're like, Oh, I've seen what would normally be a very intimate act you perform. So they, feel entitled that they know you, especially if they've spilled like their fluids to you. Like, Oh, we're connected. Like, no, no, that that's a real person. And they don't know you. You don't get to make demands of them. Even if you and your hands are very connected, but like you and I are not so connected. Even if you two were connected, that's still really weird, dude, to make demands of somebody. Yeah, you get some some oddballs on Twitter, that's for sure. You get a lot of really great people that, like, I feel like I've made a lot of great internet friends. But then, yeah, there's always just, like, random Twitter men. Or or I just imagine them as men. They could be anybody, really. That are just, like, like, they just say the weirdest things and demand the weirdest things. Like, you do double anal with this person now. And it's like, you do it. Like. <laughs> Like, uh, oh, okay, casting director, where's my check? Oh, that's not, oh, that, you, you're not a casting director. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck off. Right. Also, um, I don't cam very often, but when I do, I'm always like near the end when everybody is like, obviously about to like come or whatever. Shit gets crazy in the chat room. Like <laughs> people just saying shit, like what I should be doing with my pussy or like how, like just the orders that are being barked from like 200 different people in the chat room, like put your whole fist in your ass. Now spread your vagina open, put your legs behind your head. And I'm like, I'm not doing anything that you guys tell me to do. I'm going to be doing whatever I want to do. Hopefully you like it. Otherwise there's probably like another another person here that will be doing the thing you like, but just, I always think it's funny. The last five minutes of the chat room and in cams in cam rooms are there. It's the wild west of sexual demands. <laughs> oh, I've compared stream, like streaming on Twitch to camming before. I'm very thankful. I never get that experience of it. Yeah. Very. People demanding you your entire fist in your ass on stream. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I've definitely had people demand I twerk for them. Really? Oh yeah, no. Well, I what if I did that? Huh? I was just like, okay, now work. I'm going to be the person at the camp. I will, the t- I will tell you exactly what I told them. Tip first, and we'll talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my Twitch stream. Yeah, is, I, I, my, my Twitch stream is for profit. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, and a lot of the things they're asking me to do are things that I've like never personally done in my entire life. Like, like bend over and put both fists in your ass or like put a fist in your ass and your vagina. It's, it's a lot of fists going places. If you can't tell, or like put your whole foot inside of your pussy. And it's like, I'm not king shaming, but if I was going to do that for the first time, it probably wouldn't be here. 
right now for you for the first time. <laughs> yeah, like if this was any other art form, a comedian does not come out and trust a brand new bit at the theater. They work yeah, it out other like places first. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, I at first I would I got frazzled when they would start demanding things, and now I just like I just think it's so funny. I I like want to start like a book of haikus, where it's just like weird shit have men have said to me online. <laughs> I mean, that's a great title for a book. Weird shit men have said to me online. That is a great title for a book. It actually is. <laughs> like, I bet that could be a New York Times bestseller. People would just be like, "Huh, what's this?" Yeah. It becomes a New York Times bestseller just because of the title. Fuck yeah. Hey, whatever gets the units off the shelves. It mm-hmm. could just be like 500 pages of you being like this, like just flipping off the, a camera in the book, like whatever, it's still sold. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah, I'll just start compiling. Yeah, uh, I'll, just, I'll start compiling what people say. <laughs> you should, you should. I See, you are an actual artist. And I was talking about this on a previous, like the podcast that just came out. Like you're an actual artist. You're like, I was painting for eight hours a day, like not for any monetary gain, because you felt you wanted to paint for eight hours a day, right? Yes. Where? Yeah, I mean, I did it because I was selling the paintings, but it was also because like I'm super passionate about painting, and I need to consider it like an eight hour day job, eight hour a day job. Right, but you would still, if like, if money wasn't an issue, and you, didn't, I would still be doing right, exactly like. I don't know if I would still be doing this if there I didn't need the money. Yeah. Like I enjoy doing this. Like I love my audience. Don't don't get me wrong. But all the creative outlets I do are purely for fucking monetary gain and consumption. Like mm-hmm. there's not some deep down like passions. I mean, like no, I need to express my opinions like an asshole on the internet. I mean, I do, <laughs> and I won't stop. But it's not like. It's not the same when people are like, the guest I just had on whose episode's out this week um, was like, oh, no, you're an artist. I'm like, nope, 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 nope. Just play one on the internet. because Just play one on the internet. That's yeah. so great. Because well, I look at people like you who are legitimately passionate about their art. And it's like, I, I don't think we are the same. Minus for monetary game. Yeah, I get passionate and excited about some of the things I create. But like, if there wasn't an end in sight to, you know, with what I'm creating... I probably wouldn't be doing it. I'd probably be consuming other people's art. Hey, that's fair. I mean, and it's also, it's good to be like real with yourself about, you know, if you're doing this because you love it or if you're doing it, I mean, you know, do you love it? And also you're getting monetary gain from it. And that's why you're doing it because there's a lot of things in my life that I do them specifically because there is a monetary gain and not saying I don't enjoy them, but I'm doing it because there's a monetary gain such as like, like camming and like, Honestly, like having any kind of presence online that I am personally managing is because there's monetary gain to it because that is not my jam. So I get what you're saying. Like I would still shoot porn um, if I could go to set and shoot porn if I didn't need the money because I really enjoy it. I would still be painting. I would never touch a computer again in my entire life if I didn't have to. (laughs) Oh, come on. You play Among Us with this. I like playing Among Us with you guys and therefore I would like do that. And it's also raising money. And like, I, I like seeing people during the pandemic, but like, I would prefer to like meet up in person and do like, that's easier for me. Like the, the type of my type of brain 
it's a huge stretch for me to learn how to do anything on like in techie at all, <laughs> including learn how to play Among Us. Like, yes, I love it. I will always do it. Um, I'm here for it and we have fun and we raise money and, um, but man, it is hard to do for me. <laughs> so, and like, yeah, being in front of like, um, you know, like a room of people is also, it's can be a little nerve wracking. Like, like for some reason I don't get, but you know, people say like, Oh, you can't be shy if you're in porn, that sort of thing. But I'm like, oh. I'm sorry. I'm extremely shy. <laughs> like, Oh, 100%. I, I know a bunch of performers that are exceedingly shy like exceedingly like if you take them out of their comfort zone are all very awkward people that are very like and there's nothing wrong with it but are exceedingly shy mm-hmm. yeah, it's like no you're not performing a live sex act to an arena when you do porn it, right hell a lot of porn sets there are seven other people there maybe maybe seven other people there yeah <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But like, and, and just knowing that, and it's seven people who are, who have tasks that they're doing while they're there. That's also a huge difference because like, if somebody comes onto set and they're just like standing around, if they're, if they're okay to be there, I'm t- typically fine with it for the most part. But like, even if they're just standing around and like watching because they're for whatever reason, even that makes me nervous. Like I like everybody to have their task, And so we can all do our tasks together and make like a product. But like, yeah, it's so funny when civilians are like, oh, you must not be shy at all. And I'm like, bitch, I am super shy. And like being in front of a room full of people online that I can't see, I'm like, I'm still getting stage fright about this. If I look into my chat room and see that there's like 300 plus people there, I'm kind of terrified. Like I'm going to do it and I'm going to actually really enjoy it and get like a rush out of it. But like, yeah, there's some terror attached to that. Well, <laughs> and well, it's people that I don't know, you know? 100% hell. When I started uh, doing, like, you know, no one, I don't think anyone who knows me would think of me as, like, someone who's shy or, like, gets stage fright or anything like that. But, like, this, this, like, I'll say anything, but it's a controlled environment. And even with streaming, it's, like, a fucking controlled environment. Like, if someone starts getting wild and someone's shy, like, uh, you're out. Right. But, like, when I first started, I mean, I'm much better about it now, but, like, when I first started emceeing, like, the strip club events and shit like that, and they're like, here, Mike, entertain people, like, here's Mike, entertain people in the fucking club. I was kind of, like, way out of my comfort zone, but it's, like, I just kind of powered through it because I'm, like, the show must go on. And I just did, I just did, like, my best, like, frontman impression, like, you know, come on, make some noise, like, you know, that sort of shit, like. This doesn't feel natural. I'm just pantomiming something else that I've seen someone else do. Hopefully I don't look too stupid here. Honestly, like, unless you said that, I never would have thought you were shy in front of an or like nervous in front of an audience ever. Like anytime I've seen you in front of a group of people, you've always just been like totally in control. So whatever you're doing, you're doing it right. Well, yeah, but it's, it's all environmental. Like, social environments, I'm fine. I'm obviously fine. Like, we've, we've been out at bars together and I'm just like, no, I'm good. Like, also, you get a couple drinks of me, and like most of my nerves go right out the fucking window. It's like, oh, it's time to be Matt Slayer. It's on. Let's go. Yeah. I definitely panicked when I bombed in front of the, you know everyone at ABN. 
Did you bomb in front of everybody at AVN? Oh, yeah. oh yeah, during the 2018 show. Like, sorry to the audience that has heard this a bunch of times, but like when we won Best Comedy and I was the first person on stage and they handed me the trophy and I was not expecting it. Yeah, yeah, I bombed hard. I bombed super hard, super hard. Uh, thankfully, Showtime mostly edited around me, so it didn't make it to the rebroadcast. I was all of that. Granted, I had like a few drinks in me, but like I, I thought you did great when I, I, I but I was also just like, this is awesome. So like, whatever you were nervous about, I didn't. I well, was I, just like, ah! well, I, but people like you also super helped me through it because I saw like you and a bunch of other people like giving me standing ovations, like holy fuck, Slayer, and, like, and that really helped me through it. But I still didn't like coherently like I said some things, but I wasn't like. It wasn't particularly polished. I it was in your D and D book. <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> oh no, yeah. I'm one thousand percent glad I didn't even try to go for the rabbi accent when I was. That took enough takes with just me, Joanna, and Quasar. Let alone like on stage with the whole fucking industry watching me. That oof, that super <laughs> wouldn't have happened. Super. So that year I had been nominated for like a few things and I didn't think I was going to win. There was like, and I didn't, I, I, I was very new to the industry. I wasn't like expecting anything, but um, I remember like sitting in the front row before they were calling, like they called my, my name out because I had been nominated for something. And I remember thinking like, but what if I do win something? And by this time I'm like drunk and like, and I'm like, I can't go on stage. Like, like, I won't just bomb. I will, like, have a complete, like, I don't even know. Like, uh, it, I can't go on stage. And then I was sitting in my seat, and I was I was uh, with Chad Alba. He was, like, my date for the red carpet. And he was just like, are you okay? Because all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I was, like, imagining them calling my name that I had won something. And it was like, you know, you're supposed to be happy about that. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, I didn't even think. I didn't plan a speech. And I'm, like, drunk in my head trying to compose a speech just in case I did win something. It was really weird moment. <laughs> I was like, like oh, okay. And then they didn't call me and I was like, okay, thank God. But then I went on stage to dance with uh, Lil Wayne. Yep. And then I was doing like a drunken like hip thrust thing situation. And there and I was kind of like hiding behind all these girls who were doing actual sexy dances. And then at the same time, I remember seeing this on the screens. They all dropped down in front of me and started twerking. And so the camera was just on me doing a little hip thrust behind them. And my friends were watching it later and they, they didn't, I, I hadn't told them about it and they saw this and they were like, what the hell? <laughs> Cause I'm, <laughs> I'm literally, I'm like drunk off my ass and I'm just like, <laughs> and they all dropped like synchronized dropped into twerk in front of me and I thought I was perfectly hidden and that I could drunk dance to my heart content but I could not <laughs> oh my god I was seen by the entire tv well and you uh, know that was the first year that they live streamed the ABNs, right no I didn't know that. Well, yeah that was the first year that they had live streamed the ABNs. I know this I did not know this at the time but I I mean I did not know this before I went on stage I found this out right after I went on stage because BA's publicist was blowing me up. Like, what the fuck was that, Matt? And a couple friends were like, dude, I can't believe that just happened. I saw you on fucking the internet. I'm like, oh God. Oh no. Oh no. So your sexy dance, even if Showtime edited around it, people saw. They didn't, though. 
<laughs> it's still there. They just shortened it somewhat. It's still there. But people saw it in its entirety. Yeah, no, it's not in the entirety. Thank goodness. Well, I'm saying yeah. but people did the night of. They saw it in its oh, entirety. Oh, yes. And, yeah. I once again showed that I am crazy awkward on a stage to everyone that I know in the industry and that I don't know. So, yeah, nothing like making a public display of yourself while drunk at a large work event. It's okay. As I've said multiple times, this industry is actually not comprised of the cool kids. Like, Yeah, which is great. We're all little misfit toys. Yeah, like, if you look at pretty much anyone who's prominent in this industry... I don't think any, almost anyone was popular in high school. Yep. <laughs> like, 100%, the woman you were probably fapping to right now was awkward and misunderstood in high school and then discovered that she enjoyed sex, and now here she is. Yep. <laughs> that sounds pretty spot on. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing that I love about being in this industry is just that like everybody is you know from not everybody's super chill but like for the most part everybody's pretty real about shit because like you know we're, we've all we're all just like weird little like perverts and it's great and <laughs> yeah just so i i wasn't like i told you i was in um like fashion before i got into porn and um fashion is not that way those were all the kids that were like the very very popular theater kids like the the sect of theater kids that were somehow still popular and they're even more pretentious than everybody else that was like fashion in a nutshell gross yeah so when i started doing like more kinky work and like porn stuff i was like you guys are really nice nobody's like trying to make me lose weight or like you know one up me somehow and so it was nice. I was like, okay, I'm just going to do porn. And here we are. And here we are. Here we are. But I'll, I'm actually going to call last call in this motherfucker. We have gone like almost two and a half hours, if you believe it or not. Really? Yes. Oh, yeah. We had a lot to talk about. We did. We had years <laughs> to catch up, even though we see each other fairly regularly these days, virtually. Yeah, we just haven't had time to like really catch up. So Yeah, we will have to do this again soon, like not in four years. I, I feel like we, yeah, spit agreement, high five, whatever. Boom. <laughs> but before we run, where can they find you on the things? So you can find me on Twitter as Glass Olive. You can find me on Instagram as Glass Olive. And you can find me on my OnlyFans as Olive Glass. Hell yeah. Uh, and yeah. you can also find Olive on Friday nights on my Twitch stream, Xander's Twitch stream, or Cordy Vore's Twitch stream as we raise money for Suede Vegas. And that's a really great thing to be involved in. So come and watch us play. And now you know all the secrets about how we play. And <laughs> Oh, I didn't give away all my secrets. How we are. I definitely. Oh, yeah. Me either. I was just like, <laughs> I'm going to shut up and let them finger point at other people. And it works. It does work. That's my secret, actually. <laughs> cool. Well, have fun at your D&D game tonight. I will. And as always... You can find me at Matt underscore Slayer on Twitter, Matt Slayer on Instagram, Matt F and Slayer on Facebook, twitch.tv slash Matt F and Slayer for that Twitch stream. And you can find the podcast at And Now We Drink on Twitter and Now We Drink underscore on Instagram. And until next week, drink up, motherfuckers. Cheers.
don't know where my cup went. Oh, no. <laughs>